Two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm your host Ben, aka the Marvelous Iggy, and joining me, my tails, my sidekick, the man who, without this podcast, would not be possible. Why am I kissing his ass this week? Because I'm probably gonna make fun of him later for it. Justin, uh, that is Miles Prower to you. We are How not many? on a nickname basis. Sure. How many miles Zero score. would you say? 10 million? <laughs> and joining us, my <laughs> knuckles, my rival, Tyler. Oh no. <laughs> I love it. I like how you're actually knuckles. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm more of a Sonic than anything. Ben is the knuckles. That's that's true, but in this... Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm uh, Big the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, because unlike you're not useless like Big the Cat. That's a, there's a difference. Don't mm. if anything, you're cream the rabbit. I'd say he's more I of a Robotnik. Oh, I like that one. That's actually pretty good. Like Jim Jim Carrey Robotnik. Sure. Okay. It's cool. just Robotnik. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tech Wiz with a brand new stash. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Papa's got a brand new stash. So, uh, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog because uh, this coming Friday, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 releases in theaters to much anticipation, uh, and we may or may not... Are we seeing it all this weekend? I don't think we are. I'm definitely seeing it this weekend. I want to, but probably not. Okay, so Tyler and I will be seeing it this weekend, so probably when Justin sees it, we'll do a review of the movie when he sees it, because we're all anticipating it, but in the meantime, tonight's main event will be us discussing... Not necessarily Sonic games, but what makes Sonic cool? Why has this little blue piece of shit lasted for 30 <laughs> plus years when so many other mascot platformers have gone against the Italian plumber and have fallen face? Not to say that Sonic hasn't fallen into, on his face, but it keeps getting back up. So we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog later today. Some of our memories, some of like why Don't we Don't go too fast that. now. We'll get there eventually. This is not only fans. Anyways, let's kick it off right now with Justin. Uh, you, me, and I know Thomas is on the show, but you, me... And Thomas have all been enamored with Tunic. I am curious to see about your adventure this week. Yeah, so I'm a few more hours in. I'd kind of put it down for a little bit um, because I was annoyed at the the sewer dungeon I was stuck in. um, And I got caught up in Strangers of Paradise and Kirby. Um, but I picked it back up because you and Thomas kept gushing about like how how much further you were than me, and I was like, okay, I gotta catch up. Like this is this is my game. Like I was I was the one waiting on it. I gotta catch up. Um, so I got through the sewer dungeon. It actually it wasn't terrible. Um, I was making it harder for myself because I kept going through like into the water where you basically can't do anything, mm-hmm. and these like tentacle things kept attacking me, and. I was just, like, I was enamored by the treasure chest across the pond. So I was like, okay, I can get past these guys. Like, I can just avoid them or whatever. But you can't dodge roll in water. And you can attack, but it's pretty slow. And they're strong. So I just kept dying that way. Um, so I ended up just saying, screw it. I don't need the treasure chest and moving on. And I made some good progress and then wrapped back around and found that there's, like, a ledge you can drop off that goes, like, straight to the treasure chest. <laughs> So I still got it, and didn't have to fight the tentacles. That figures. Um, but that's that's kind of how this game has been. Like, it's very much you fail until you succeed. Uh, in a good way. Trial because, and like, error! Exactly. It's, it's a lot of, like, just figuring out the right way to go, or whatever. Um, because it doesn't give you any instructions. But, uh, yeah, I got through that first dungeon. Um, 
the boss was a little difficult, but not too bad. Um, wait, no, it didn't have a boss. I'm thinking of the Garden Knight later. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really have a boss. Um, but yeah. Got through there, and it, it's it's a little strange. Like, it, it is a Zelda-type game, um, but it doesn't really have that same structure. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, you go into a dungeon... You know, you get an item, you fight a boss, you get, like, the MacGuffin or whatever, and then you move on to the next dungeon. It's not really like that. You find weapons and, and equipment and stuff kind of randomly around. Um, and generally, like, you have to go through a dungeon in order, order to get to the next area where you will find an item. But, like, you might have a map for a, you know, quote-unquote dungeon that doesn't have a boss or an item actually in it. Um, it just might lead you to something, like, on the overworld or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, went through the whole sewer section, um, got out, found... I don't remember exactly where it was, but I found a, um, a lantern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that pretty much took me straight into... Like, it kind of backtracked around the world map to uh, a big set of doors that I'd tried to go through before and, like, just went into darkness. But now I had a lantern... So it was actually another dungeon uh, that, like, was just covered in darkness and kind of like a, like a tomb. It was, I think it was called the Dark Tomb. Um, and it had another map. You go through that one. It was actually pretty easy. Um, the hardest part was just finding the way around. Yeah. I was referencing the map a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the map shows you, like, a little icon of where you are and a few little, like, uh teases of maybe like puzzle solutions and stuff in that room um whereas you know if you're actually just exploring the dungeon you're in total darkness with just like the the uh light illuminating from your lantern um so yeah that was kind of tough but the only other thing that was really tricky were there's these bosses that are like the um the laser light drones from portal where like if you touch the light they, like, start attacking you like crazy. Um, but they're also really easy to kill. So there's one actually really Are cool room. There? I wish they said that. <laughs> um, there was a really cool room where there was a bunch of them. And the puzzle of it is kind of, like, to take them out in the order where, you know, none of the lights touch you. Because you might take one out, and then the one behind it, like, its light goes through the dead body and hits you. And then, like, it makes them all freak out or whatever. So the goal is to basically, like, make them all kill each other, if you can, by setting one off with, like, an explosion or something, and then they all start shooting and take out the rest of the room. And it's a really satisfying chain reaction. Um, yeah, that led out to a different part of the map, uh, like the, the West Garden, I think it was called, um, where I got a uh, my first magic item, uh, the magic dagger, which is really cool. I thought it was going to be, like, a sword replacement, but it basically just, like... Uh, shoots forward like a uh, like a frozen uh, icicle patch and can like freeze enemies that get in the range of it. Um, very useful for crowd control with some of these tough enemies. Mm -hmm. um, it's become a staple on my uh, my weapon wheel. Um, I do. I'll say I do wish it was a little easier to like switch out uh, equipped items on the fly uh, because when you go into that menu, it doesn't pause the game. So, like, if you run out of something mid-fight, like, you're not going to go in and switch out the items like you would in a Zelda game where it pauses on the 
on the equipment screen. Um, but yeah, anyway, got the magic dagger, uh, went on to the boss I alluded to earlier, the garden knight, and that guy was pretty brutal. Um, I, I figured out the pattern and it wasn't so bad, but like, it's one of those, like, this is the first real boss of the game and it hits like a truck and just doesn't stop. (laughs) Um, it has this, like, it's huge. It's like four times the size of your little fox character. And, um, it has this big sword that can also like shoot out beams. It's basically a big version of those like laser light robots in the tomb. Um, but with more utility. And so you're just trying to go up to it and, like, smack it in the face with your dinky little sword. Um, And it's, like, swinging its giant sword, like, halfway across the battlefield you're on. And your stamina is limited, so, like, your dodge roll move is also limited. uh, Which I kept finding myself, like, trying to dodge out of the way. And then running out of stamina. And then he, like, starts shooting out his, like, beam attack. And it just, like, I get stuck in it because you can't roll out of the way. And you're, like, stuck in the loop of getting hit. So there was one time I got, like, a I had a sliver of life left. And I was like, okay, I just gotta go in and, and hit him one more time. And I, like, dash in to hit him. And I ran out of stamina and then got looped and died. And I had to do the entire fight over again. Oof. Feels it was bad, man. very frustrating. Yeah. Um, it's not so bad because the last save is, like, right before the room. Um, that's at least a smart design. But um, in the manual, it specifically says, like, you want to have, like, level 3 health, level 3 attack, level 3 defense. Um, Like, you can level up your stats through different collectibles and money. I think I talked about that last time. Um, So it's like, you want to at least be that before you fight the Garden Knight. And honestly, I didn't even, like, I don't think I could have been any higher because I hadn't found any items. So, like, it kind of sucks that the game can gate you off, like, kind of, you know power gate you um just based on like what's available to you at that time it's not like an rpg where you can over level uh but once i got the pattern down i was able to get him um and it was it was it was a very satisfying boss fight like it's one of those that's like it's tough but fair right and rewarding to finally get through yes um and then that opened up a bunch more stuff i did like the the next progress thing that kind of opened up like the actual like main objective of the game. It's kind of like, you know, again, in, in Zelda, if you think of it in Zelda terms, it's like you get the three uh, pendants as a kid and Ocarina of Time, and then you become an adult and have to get like the five, six uh, medallions for the second half of the game. It's kind of like that. Like you, you hit these two uh, like bells, um, and that opens up, like, the main door that kind of tells you, uh, you know, now you have to get these three things and drop them here. Um, and so then it, it shows you, like, the three other locations on the map you have to go to get those. And there's a certain order you have to do it, which is good for difficulty reasons. But I kind of wish at that point you could, like, do the dungeons in any order. Um and maybe there's a way to, like, you know, sequence-breaking type, but I felt like the only the only area I could actually get to was, you know, the, the second dungeon, essentially. Like, the second place you're supposed to go to. Um, I wasn't totally sure. But, um, 
I went on to the forest to what that dungeon was. Got all the, all the way through it. It was really annoying. There were these like evil fox characters with um, like fire staffs that kept setting me on fire, and I couldn't get the fire to go out, so I was like dying just from you know fire damage over time, which is really annoying. I could just hear um, Flame Hindyard in the background. Burn! Burn the ground! <laughs> Ugh, that's how it felt. They're... Like, they weren't even... They didn't take a long time to kill. It was just, like, so annoying to fight them. Um, and since this is one of those games where, you know, if you save, it re- it heals you, but it also brings all the enemies back, there were a few rooms that were frustrating, like, right outside of a save room. Um, but... And if you need to leave the temple for any reason, those guys are probably back too. <laughs> um, but yeah, that area uh, led to another giant boss that's like six times as big as your little fox. Um, and I was having a very hard time with that. But I had also gone all the way through this like forest temple or whatever without finding any um, any like items or you know equipment type things. Um, so I knew that, you know, Ben and Thomas were past that point. So I was like, Hey, like, am I missing something? Like, was there an item in this dungeon that would help with the boss? Because I'm really struggling. Um, and, uh, Thomas is like, there's not one in the dungeon, but there was one I found like in the area. So I was like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to leave and like explore a little bit more. Maybe there's something I missed. And sure enough, there was like a fork in the road going to the right takes you all the way to the dungeon. Right. Going to the left goes up like a staircase that gives you an item. Mm-hmm. Like, just right there. And I just totally missed it because I didn't go left. I friggin' Zoolandered it. I, I did the <laughs> I same. Was say. I did the same thing and it makes a certain boss, like, yeah, I was struggling against a certain boss and I went, I never went over there and I went, oh my god, I just made this boss a, a, like a joke now because I had this, yeah. this weapon. I mean, this boss specifically wasn't really a joke from it. Um, because the, the weapon doesn't do much against the boss, but, like, it made, uh, battlefield management a lot easier. It's basically, like, I'm trying not to spoil too much later in the game, um, but it's basically, like, a, your first ranged weapon. Um, so like I said, the, the ice thing you have, like, is pretty close in front of you, um, and then you have your sword and a few, like, bomb-type weapons that are different elementals and that kind of thing. Um, this is your first actual ranged like magic weapon, and so going back through, like I was like lighting up all of the friggin' you know evil fox things before they could even touch me with their stupid candles. Um, and then I get to the boss, and it was still tough, but like it has some ads, like you know the the little minion things that come out basically to replenish your magic, um, and taking those out was way easier with a ranged. Uh, thing because the problem I have with the game right now is the uh, the lock on system is kind of jank. So when a bunch of other enemies come up on screen, you have to deal with like you know you might move and your lock on changes to a different enemy, and then like the camera sw- kind of swivels around to lo- to line you up with that enemy, and then you lose track of the thing you were actually trying to fight. Um, and like this boss specifically had two different weak points. One which does significantly more damage to it. Kind of like a core. And I was trying to stay locked onto that, but I kept losing it. And so it was like most of the fight was just me like rolling around trying to get the lock on back to the you know point I was trying to hit, 
rather than everything else on the field. Um, so honestly, like the fight itself wasn't nearly as hard, I don't think, as the Garden Knight, but it was just more frustrating to actually do. Um, but yeah, I finished that up before bed and then figured out that there's a fast travel system in the game, yes. um, which I probably could have found out sooner. I, but the yeah, the the, oh well. the thing is, I kind of suspected they were, but I didn't know how to activate them. That was the thing. And once I was like, the game kind of the game is so smartly designed in in yeah. in how its functions work. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Time to play this game. It's on Game Pass. You have it. Um, yeah, it's really fun. But. The thing is, like, I thought those were, like, some kind of, you know, pad-type thing that would open up later. Because there's all these doors and stuff you can't open yet. So I was like, oh, these are, like, you know, a a later game mechanic that'll, like, lead to a different area or something like that. No, you just have to hold a button to, like, pray or something? I don't even know what it's doing. Yeah, you're, like... Press X to pay your respects. You're you're basically praying to, like, you're you're using the power of Jesus Christ. If you say what it is... (laughs) You have the power of God and anime on your side. Yes. Yeah. Fox God. Um. What is the uh k- Kitsune? Is that the uh, uh, Kitsune is uh the trickster fox, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So not the same thing. Uh, that was the only like fox god I could think of. Um. So yeah, Fubuki. I really like the game. Um, like now that I'm back into it, like I want to keep playing it. Um, I actually recorded a video yesterday. And then didn't edit it. I just started playing Tunic. <laughs> it's like I had a, a window when like the house was empty and I could record like quietly. Mm-hmm. But then I wanted to get back to Tunic. <laughs> um, Happened to me during Tekken Tag Tournaments recording. Yeah, it's a problem. The 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 juggle of all the things in life. Yes, just never gets easier. Um, but yeah, aside from that. Because that's basically where I left off, was I found the teleporter, went to where I think I'm supposed to go next, and then quit. Because it was, like, bedtime. Um, But yeah, aside from that, I've been doing more Strangers of Paradise. Uh, Just a few missions, basically. Uh, I'm I'm not super far yet. Because some of these missions take a long time. Um, And I tend to, like, sit down, do one mission, and then, you know, quit for the day. Um, I... (sighs) I keep finding mechanics that I think have been in the game the whole time and just weren't told to me. And it's a little annoying. Um, like, there is technically a crafting system in the game. Um, there's also a, I was annoyed because... There's a dismantling system, what? too. Yeah, but that, that's, that's part of it. Um, I was going to say, I was annoyed because I have all this equipment stuff. And seemingly the only thing I could do was just, like, trash them. So I trashed all this stuff... And kept getting more, and I'm like, okay, there has to be, like, why would they give you all this stuff if there's no way to, like, sell or, you know, anything like that? Um, so after a mission, I toggled over. Like, I realized that there was, like, a tab over from the mission screen. Um, and it's, like, the town, basically. Like, there's, you can select uh, the armor shop or whatever it's called. Um, the You know, the crafter, basically. And then, like, the... Uh, like, you can just talk to random NPCs each mission mm-hmm. that really don't tell you anything useful. I don't know if there's, like, side quests or something you can get out of it, mm-hmm. but... They tell us nothing about killing chaos. They're useless. <laughs> right. That's kind of how it feels. And by the way, that's still the only story I know. I'm, like, <laughs> five or six missions in, and it's still just... Chaos. Jack just wants to kill chaos. That's it. 
Like, um, he is very single-minded from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know I'm not super far in the story because I don't even have the last party member yet. But, like, there's no story so far. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that because I think the missions themselves are really fun. But yeah, just just so you know, going in, there's, like, no story. Um, so, yeah, anyway, there's a crafting system where the stuff that you were... I was just trashing, you can actually, like, dismantle for rarity parts, basically. And um, those parts can be used to buff the different, like, extra stats on your equipment you are using. Um, so it doesn't raise, like, the, you know, attack, defense, that kind of thing. But, like, each piece of equipment has uh, supplementary boons. Like, one might um, raise, like, the the break damage you do. Or uh, raise your elemental resistance, that kind of thing. And you can buff those stats using the broken down materials. And most of them I don't find that interesting. Because, like, you get so much stuff. Whatever you have is going to be obsolete anyway. It's not going to, like, keep the item... You know, it's not going to keep the equipment around for way longer. But I did have a few things that had, um, like, pluses to strength on their bonus stats. So I bumped those up as high as you can get. And I haven't switched them out since. Because, like, even the minor defense boosts I get, they don't make up for the, like, you know, minus five or seven or whatever I have to my strength and attack stats. Um, So that's been kind of nice. But it's, like, it's very situational of, like, you know, finding really good equipment that maybe has, like, great buffs for your job and then also, like, great secondary stats that you can raise. Um, I wish there was a way to, like, re-roll the stats or something like that. And maybe there is later. I It, it seems like maybe this crafter, like, um, gets upgraded or something as you go. But... Yeah, it's a very simple crafting system, I'll say that. But at least it's something I can do with the all the mass equipment I get. Like, that's still huge. Um, but aside from that, I've, I've been getting into some of the cooler uh, mission areas. Like, I had read before launch that they're, um, most of the areas are based on other Final Fantasy games in some way. Um, and I noticed recently, like, I went into a, a mission... And it said, like, the area, blah, 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 like, you know, the the information about the area. And it's like, um, this place comes from Dimension 13 or whatever. And I have a feeling that's, like, saying, you know, this area is from this Final Fantasy game. Uh, Oh, no, it's a hallway from Final Fantasy 13. Run away! (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say. The one I really noticed it and remembered, like, the original area was um, the Dimension 13 one. That was the uh, kind of the outside, like, woodsy area where you touch these different, um, like, glowing balls uh, to change the weather. (laughs) And I know, I couldn't think of another word. Glowing orbs, that's it. Grab my ball. Ponder the orb. Are we still making (laughs) Yes, ponder the orb and change the weather. Um, Man, those memes were a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Everyone's moved on to the slap now, but... What happened to the orb? Slap that orb. Anyway, um, surprise nobody's done that. Surprise nobody. Oh, has he? <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, yeah, th- this whole area was the the woodsy area where you change the weather, and it like you know opens up uh, new pathways, closes off other pathways, that kind of thing. Like 
you make it rain and it like will grow a you know a, a root path over a gap you stop the rain and it'll like unflood drain <laughs> i've done this before i can never think of the word drain um it'll drain like a, a pit with drain stairs down vein. that takes you you know underground into the next area that kind of thing um, and it ends with a boss that I first thought was it, was, it was in the trailers, so it's not really a spoiler. Um, it's, it, I, I first thought it was like Ifrit and Shiva, like mushed together, but it's basically just a generic, like fire elemental, ice elemental with a core at the center. Um, that's like summoning each of them and it swaps out which one's active and attacks you with that magic, but you can like, uh, um, soul shield, the one element and use it against the other one for weakness damage, which is kind of a cool mechanic. I didn't find that boss that difficult. Um, honestly, since the, um, the pirate one that we talked about last week, the bosses haven't been as hard. Maybe I'm just getting better at the game. I don't know. Um, but like, you know, I'm, I'm learning boss patterns (laughs) as, as we discussed. Um, but it's, I mean, it takes a few tries to get it down and sometimes you just have bad luck. With, like, you know, they, they just hit harder. And you get into a bad cycle. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. And then the, the one I just... I think I'm currently in, because I had to quit, um, is from Dimension 3. And, I mean, I don't specifically remember this area from Final Fantasy 3. But it feels like it belongs, because it's basically like a crystalline tower. I mean, that, that says Final Fantasy 3 to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Um are no, because I think four is not a crystal tower. It's like a, it's a big ass tower though. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, it's got some really cool stuff too because you, um, you'll go up a few floors and then have like an elevator that will take you back down to the central lobby where you can you know basically save again and then go up the elevator to bypass what you just did, and then later you get kind of like outside the uh, the tower and. Um, it's really cool looking like you can like look down at what you know the areas you were in before and uh you have to manipulate magic to like uh hit crystals um with the beam of this like kind of satellite dish basically so there will be um the the fire elemental guys that will like charge up and shoot like a fire gun at you um and they're trying to aim at the satellite dish, which is pointed at you. And so, like, you know, you have to dodge their attack from the dish and then, like, run up the stairs, uh, turn the, the the dish away from you, point it at the, the crystal you need to destroy. And then either have the, you know, the actual magic thing hit magic at it and destroy the crystal. Or you, I mean, if you have a black mage class, you can do that. Um I don't really like the magic jobs, so I haven't been using it's it. It's just slow. Yeah, it's it, the system behind it is weird. Um, I have one of my party members as a red mage, um, just so that you know they can use um, magic instead. But uh, yeah, so you can also just you know soul shield the magic they sh- they shoot at you, and then use that against the the satellite dish, and have it hit the crystal. And then that basically creates a path that you can move on with. Um, and I just think that's really cool. Like, there's, like, puzzle elements in some of these dungeons that make them, you know, that mix it up a little bit from just fighting big brute guys over and over again. 
Um, and then you go up like to the next level and you can actually like uh, go out on some of these platforms and drop down to get like hidden treasure chests. Cause I was like, there's these like just floating platforms out there. I don't, I don't know how to get to them because there's no crystal or anything to make a path over there. I can't figure it out. Turns out you just drop from above and get it and then, you know, drop down again. Point is, it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the game. Like, every dungeon has its own kind of unique elements to it. Uh, they look visually interesting and different. Um, a lot generally have their own enemy types. There's some, you know, there's some repeats like bats and stuff that are everywhere. Um, I know. But they all have something unique about them and it's really cool. And then the fact that like we're getting actual like dungeon areas based on other Final Fantasy games makes me really anxious for the ones I care about more. Like in the trailers and stuff, I saw one that looked kind of like a a Mako reactor. Mako? Whatever. 99% Point is, I think there's a Final Fantasy Seven based. I'm sure the one that you fight the Hydra in or Tiamat in is is the is that one, based on how it looked. Or you get yeah, to probably. the ten dimension and you fight the physical embodiment of Tidus's laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like the bosses and stuff have to do with the game. It's more like the areas based on an area from the game, and I'm sure there's you know repeats and stuff too. So who knows. Um, like I said, I didn't know the the um, the thirteen one. Like I don't know if that boss is from the game. I just remember the area when I played it originally, like fifteen years ago. When did that game come out? What it came out in twenty ten. Okay, twelve years ago. Close enough. I went to the midnight launch for it. Is the point? Jesus. I know. It was. I'm as I was as disappointed as you were. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then I have played a little bit of Kirby, um, mostly like in bed because it's a Switch game. It's it's an easy thing like to wind down, um, but that means that uh, my wife is uh, kind of watching over my shoulder every now and then when I'm playing, and um, she's been very bothered by the uh, the mouthful transformations. <laughs> um, They're disturbing. Let's uh, be real. The, the the eldritch horrors sometimes that Kirby turns into. Um, I showed her the the ring. Kirby, oh, no. um, where he like eats an O, and then you know gets on a boat and just puh, 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 like just inflates and, and spits out air, and she couldn't look away. She was horrified. Um, so that's been my favorite part. It's just watching her react to the Kirby transformations, um, especially like I love the the face on Stair Kirby. He just looks so done, and then his little arms just stretch to the limit off to the side. Oh yeah, I'm Stair. Step on me. Yeah. Um, but I, I've told her, like, maybe later, like, you know, when I've finished the game and know everything, uh, maybe we can, like, do a video of her reacting to all the mouthful transformations. <laughs> but I don't want to spoil, uh, what ones come later right now. Um, so yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> but I'm still really enjoying the game. I just finished the second world, I think. I'm trying to take it slow. Um... It's probably one of my favorite, like, water worlds in a, in a game like this. Uh, generally, you know, water levels don't control well. With Kirby, you're not swimming underwater or anything. Not in this like, one, at it's least. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the levels themselves are really 
cleverly designed. Like I said, there's, you know, there's the ring Kirby that lets you, like, push a boat around in really cool ways. Um, there's also, like, a glider section um, where you're, like, going through rings and, and, uh, and like, barrel rolling through enemies. and Like, every level has some kind of unique gimmick that I really like. Um, and it's good because I'm going to have to go back to pretty much all of them because I cannot, I can never figure out, like, what all the hidden objectives are in each level, you know? Um, or I'll, like, I'll get the objective unlocked, but I'll miss one. So I still have to go back and do it again. Uh, the only annoying thing is, like, you can't just finish an objective and then leave the level. You have to actually finish the level for the objective to count. So there's a few, like, I did multiple times and never, um, like, the objective still didn't pop. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm moving on. Like, I will f- come back to this one later. I'll figure yeah. it out. I don't know. But... Uh, I've gotten a few of the uh, power upgrades. Um, surprisingly, I think my favorite one so far is bomb. I really like the bomb upgrade. It's it's a chain bomb, so like it it's kind of a like a plasma explosion, and if you drop multiple bombs like in a you know a formation, they'll like lightning between each other, and then when they explode, they have like kind of a little like a tiny. Um, like area of effect explosion. It it's really like reminds an me of bomb in Bomberman. Yeah, I was gonna say it really reminds me of some of the the trick bombs in Bomberman, and I am very okay with that. Um, plus, he looks cool. He has like a little like green like glowing thing on the top of his head. I don't know. I, I didn't expect to like bomb this much, but it's a cool upgrade. Um, and of course the you know like I mentioned last week the the little side. Levels are really cool, too, that test the different skills you learn and stuff. Um, I found out, like, there's... Obviously, there's ones for, like, every new um, power you come across. um, As kind of, like, a tutorial for those powers. But then there's also, like, there's harder ones for the upgraded versions of those weapons. And there's ones for the mouthful transformations. Um, So, like, I had kind of a tricky, like, Stair Kirby puzzle one. um, Where you have to, like move the right set of stairs onto a switch so that when you like leave it, it'll stay on the switch rather than like, you know, flying away or whatever. And I mean, it was, it was fairly simple, but like, it's cool that they're, you know, finding clever puzzle ways to, uh, to mix up how you use these abilities. Um, that is most of what I've played. Um, I've dabbled in a few other things. Like I said, I'm, uh, I'm working on a new video, uh, so I've been playing a few, like, spoilers, uh, Mega Man clones. Um, I did some research and, and found a few games that I thought were really cool in kind of that Mega Man style. So I don't want to talk about any of them specifically, but if you are curious, look forward to that whenever I put it out. Um, and I feel like there's something else, uh, but I can't remember it offhand. I beat Dungeons of Dreadrock. Um, I know I talked about that last time. Um, I couldn't put it down, so I beat it pretty quickly after I got it. But I still highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's it. I think I'm missing something, but I usually do. Tyler! Okay, so if you recall last week, I've been uh, playing through Fire Emblem Three Houses hard mode for the last few weeks. 
And I finally reached the end of this long, arduous fourth playthrough. Um, I tried my very best to keep every unit I, I recruited alive. Unfortunately, during the final battle against a giant fucking dragon called the Enlightened One, or the Exalted One, I forget what it's called, I lost two of my, um, two of my biggest units um, in the ensuing ba final battle. Though, they did help in uh, doing damage against its armored body, so shoutouts to Caspar uh, and Hilda for fighting the big fight. You go, team. If they stayed alive, they probably would have hooked up. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it was a really tough fight, in all honesty. Um, I literally pulled out every single stop that I had to um, not only fighting against the boss, but also the giant white dragons that spawned around oh, it. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, they are beefy. They have a ton of health. Um, they also have the miracle skill, which... Um, if you have them on their last health bar and you do an attack that does lethal damage, they're like, nah, I still have one HP left. Try again. Fortunately, my units were strong enough to knock them out in one hit and uh, were fast enough to do that extra hit point of damage to finish them off. So, that was pretty cool. And of course, um, I ended the fight by uh, punching the dragon square in the face because that is exactly how I roll in these types of games. Nice. And um, I'm not really going to give away any uh, story beats because, honestly, the experience was... Uh, it's just the same old, same old stuff. I married uh, into um, uh, Rhea, who is an unplayable character in this game, you married because the Pope. If you're gonna be, you married the Pope. You literally married the Pope. To be fair, she was going to resign to make the main character the ruler of the land. But God. since how I was going to be the ruler of the land anyway, may as well marry into bigger power, Mommy right? Rhea. <laughs> hey, man, you don't know. This. But yeah, once I finished that, I started up a game that's been on my backlog for probably the longest time now. I went back to the 1980s in the fictional Japanese city of Kamurocho <gasps> and took a dive into Yakuza 0. Oh, have da -da -da. Yes. Yeah, I'm a bit of a ways away in right now, and I am enjoying the fuck out of this game. Like, It's great. This... Yeah, uh, if, in case you don't know, Yakuza 0 is a prequel to the original PS2 game. And uh, it takes place in uh, the later part of 1988 in fictional town of Kamurocho, which is sort of based off of a Japanese city. I can't it's like it's like an amalgam of like several different... It's like Shibuya. There's like a town that's like sounds similar to Kamurocho, but Kamurocho, much, it does not exist. You cannot go... Yeah. To Kamurocho. You can probably find something similar to Kamurocho, but you will not go to Kamurocho. Yeah, it's basically a hyper-fictionalized Japanese town where pretty much consumerism takes place everything. There are, like, uh, bars everywhere. There are all sorts of nightclubs. All this exuberant shit. Fucking weirdos left and right fighting. walking the streets. Yeah, right. And, of course, it's being spearheaded by the Yakuza, particularly uh, the Tojo clan, uh, who uh, 
And we go into the shoes of uh, the young Yakuza in training, Kazuma Kiryu, uh, where we see his humble beginnings in this game. And the first we see him, we see him beating this random-ass dude in an empty lobby, in which it may not seem like much at first, but once the plot starts ramping up, this empty lot will be the most important thing ever. So... So Kiryu is off uh, collecting money for a loan shark. Uh, he goes into town with uh, his best buddy Nishiki, uh, going to drunken karaoke, <laughs> singing Dame Dame, of course. And then they find out that the dude he whacked actually did get whacked. Like, I beat him super hard with my fist, but apparently he died in that lot. So uh, his bosses, uh, the three Dojima lieutenants, uh, all give him shit like, Yo, you weren't supposed to kill that dude. Like, you know, killing him isn't that big an issue. The problem is, you killed him in that lot. You weren't supposed to do that. Our boss really wants control of this random-ass lot. Because apparently it's worth a lot of money, and it's the only place in Kamurocho where the Yakuza don't own. And uh, they have to own every single part of the city in order to turn it over for a huge profit but since it's a place of a murder it's gotten a lot harder to get that little scrap of land so Kiryu's in deep shit and uh, it uh, retroactively gets his uh, adoptive father who is also a captain of the Tojo clan in deep water so it's up to Kiryu to pretty much clear his name and prove that he did not kill this man and he does this by quitting the Dojima family Unfortunately, that kind of leads into, like, a big boss fight against probably someone that might have set him up in the, in the family. Uh, I'm, I'm still not that far ahead to Your know the final really details. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, yeah, it leads into a boss fight, and it's actually one of the cooler first bosses that I played in a while. Like, up at this point, uh, you play as Kiryu uh, for half of the game. I'll get to the second half in a second. And uh, he's a really good fighter. Uh, he learns all of these different styles, uh, one of which, uh, seeing a drunken boxer uh, fight against a dude, exclaiming, that's rad, and just learning how to do uh, fast boxing styles, which you can switch on the fly. Was he and like Taskmaster? He... he can just learn other people's Pretty much. skills by... For working? this game, at least. Hmm. But yeah, uh, he plows through all these uh, Doja Magoons uh, pretty easily, but once you get to the boss fight against Kuze, he, like, throws all these uh, armored moves at you. Like, he isn't a mook. He, uh, despite having the face of an old man, he is a brick shithouse. Uh, his face does not match his body, which apparently is a trope in Yakuza games, but I'm probably just overanalyzing. Yeah, the boss is cool. Uh, it actually took a bit of trial and error to get the room down. And uh, Kiryu is out of the Yakuza, even though it's pretty much the name of the game. And uh, a couple chapters in, we go into the other half. Uh, there is a second character that you play as in Yakuza 0, probably a first in the series, if I'm correct. You play as uh, who... I would like to consider the Joker of the series, Goro Majima, who doesn't really seem that way on introduction. In fact, his introduction in Chapter 3 
is one of the coolest intros to a character I've seen in a long time. Just giving outstanding customer service to a drunk in his nightclub. So his whole deal is he owns a nightclub in, um, uh, I forget the city's name, uh, but it's not Kamarocha, that's for sure. Oh. Uh, and basically... I can't remember what the, the, the city... It's something... Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, he owns a nightclub, but he doesn't want to own a nightclub because apparently he also used to be <coughs> in the Tojo clan. And due to a bunch of circumstances involving a coup, um, he was tortured for a year, and after withstanding torture, he was pretty much just uh, uh, forced to own this nightclub as further punishment, just being a civilian. And his whole deal is he wants to get back in the game for any means necessary. So he was tasked by his boss, the owner of the night of said nightclub, to kill a person. And not willing to bat an eye of getting back into the Yakuza as soon as possible, he goes to kill this person who may or may not be important. And uh, it gets pretty dark at the end. So in terms of gameplay, um, you play as Kiryu and uh, Majima, um, who interchange in between every two chapters, I believe, uh, from what my research uh, stems. I've gotten up to chapter four so far, so I assume that I'll be playing as Kiryu next when I pick the game up. And um, they pretty much just fight with their bare fists. Uh, Majima himself uh, learns a couple really oddball styles. Like, the first one he learns is basically the slugger style, where you start off with a bat, and he just fights dudes with uh, random weapons. And the other one is the breakdancer style, where he goes Eddie Gordo on their asses and just dances them in submission. Uh, to quote Zoolander, they're breakdance fighting. <laughs> uh, Kiryu is a bit more straightforward. Uh, he has the boxing style, which I mentioned, which is pretty much the the fast boxer style and the other one he gets is the big heavy style which i find myself using most of the time it's really good for like clearing out uh mooks in in a group even though it's slow it hits like a truck and a lot of people will give the style shit but i absolutely like playing this style uh in all honesty even though i like to even though my play style is Hit him fast, hit him hard. But, you know, that's just my preference. Uh, and the way you level up in this game is pretty unorthodox. Uh, in the beginning of the game, uh, you meet up with this old dude named Bacchus, who seems like a random um, overseas drunk. But really, he's secretly um, a master of fighting, I guess. And he tells you the way that you level up and earn new skills is to invest in yourself. Oh, wait, you mean like a gym membership or something? Nah, man, literally invest in yourself. Inject yen into your veins. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. I hate the upgrade system so, yeah. in Yakuza 0. <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's something with the blockchain and cryptocurrencies there. I don't, no, I don't this know. is the 80s. This shit don't, don't even... Crypto what? <laughs> Block who? I'm gonna hit these fists crypto in your face. Crypto the super dog? What? I'm gonna hit these fists in your face. I was just thinking there's a joke about that. Oh, the shitty one probably. Possibly. Uh, I'm not smart enough to make one, though. Anyway, uh, not only are you using Yen to, like, 
go to nightclubs and dance the disco and um, also buy items to heal yourself or whatever, you're also using it to level up your skills, which I am honestly not a, a super fan of. Like, some of the thresholds you get for some of these upgrades are absurd. Like, apparently, uh, there's a mechanic uh, later on in the game, which I haven't gotten to yet, where you can get, like, a shitload of yen. Yes. But from where it stands, from just beating up random dudes on the street, or uh, just doing, like, the random odd missions that uh, you stumble upon in Kamurocho, you don't get a whole bunch of money in this game, at least not yet. So I'm just kind of stuck with some of the more milling skills at this point. Uh, but what I do have is fun enough, so I'm enjoying myself there at least. Um, what else have I played? Oh yeah, um, I actually got more into Pokemon this week, just like I promised. Uh, with the eve of the Arceus story, um, I went to see what the hubbub was about. I booted up Shining Diamond, and uh, I was able to get the mystery gift for Darkrai, no problem. Brilliant Diamond. Uh, uh, Shining Pearl, rather. Uh, oh. And uh, the event itself is cool. Like, it's just like how it plays in uh, the original DS games. Uh, you go into this abandoned hotel room in Candlelight City, and uh, you, for some reason, fall asleep in this bed. And the entire battle is basically a nightmare. Because uh, Darkrai is a Pokemon that inadvertently causes nightmares in people. So you fight this thing in your dreams. I think it's level 70? I forget uh, the, the level threshold it's at. It's definitely higher than Shaman, that's for sure. But it's honestly not a hard fight at all, especially if you have a Pokemon that knows False Swipe. Thank you, Sceptile. And I was able to catch it on the first try, so that was pretty cool. Um, then I tried to get the Arceus event, uh, which apparently you get from... Uh, Beating the Arceus, uh, Legends of Arceus, but that's not fully how it works. So I tried and I tried triggering the event, and I, for the life of me, can't seem to get the flute that you need to play for Arceus at the top of Mount Coronet. Then I did some research, and turns out, yes, you do have to complete all the main missions in Legends Arceus to get <sighs> this event. So. Yeah, pretty shitty. So, I went back to Arceus, and uh, turns out I haven't fully beaten the game yet. Like, I got the Pokemon in space and time, but I haven't completed all the main missions yet. So, I just blasted through most of them. Wow. Uh, which I thought were post-game for a little while. Like, you have to catch six legendary Pokemon, not beat, catch them all, and... In order to trigger this event and get all the plates uh, necessary to make Arceus Awaken. And um, the last plate that you have to get, I am currently stuck on because that battle is a bitch and a half. It's basically just the Cynthia fight all over again. Like, it's got all the mainstays. The Spiritomb, the Lucario, the Garchomp, the works. And even if you get through that battle, he summons Giratina out of nowhere... And you don't heal in between battles. So, <laughs> if that Giratina hits you with an Aura Sphere, you're screwed. And you have to do the entire fight all over again. And, yeah, I've 
at the time of this recording, I have been stuck on that battle, and I have yet to get the Arceus event going in Shining Pearl just yet. So, I'll get back to you on that next week. Aside from that, that's it pretty much it. It is too quick after launch for them to lock away content another game behind a 100% completion. Yeah, right? It's only been a couple months. Uh, for yeah. people like me that work in retail, there isn't a whole lot of time to, like, complete a game like that, you know? Right. It's just a shitty situation. It... It should give you the item by default if you have a save file for Arceus. They did that shit with Mew and Jirachi. So, why not here? I don't get mm-hmm. it. Alright. And Shaman. Indeed. And I think um, the Darkrai event that just started is also like it's just a gimme. Yeah, it, there's a really limited threshold on uh, when you can uh, get the mystery gift for it. Like, you yeah. can initiate it right after you get it, but actually getting the membership card is time-sensitive. So, be vigilant on that, gamers. Yeah, I need to do that. Okay. So, uh, I managed to make some time. I only talk about Triangle Strategy because every t- uh, Tyler uh, or um, Justin sucked about two games. So I only talk about Triangle Strategy. I haven't made time for it. Haven't done any major fights yet, but the plot is thickening. The plot is quickly thickening. Is now we're learning that one of the high houses, one of the high nobles of Hyzant, is basically running an illegal salt trade from underneath the underneath his other people's houses and. Um, like it, now they're not in the involved in the conflict yet, but uh, we find ourselves in uh, in a corner. Are we going to? Uh, I think our next choice is basically: Are we going to um, confront um, Hyzant about how they're running an illegal trade, or are we going to continue our campaign against S. Frost? And I really don't know what to do. Uh, the game continues to marvel me. Uh, I, I put it down a bit because Kirby kind of took a lot of my time, and then Tunic happened. So I really want to get I, I really want to get back to uh, Triangle Strategy because it's really surprised me how how awesome it's been. Um, and uh, I'm I'm really really enjoying its presentation. Um, I, I said famously before that uh, Barry Default was like my um, a huge disappointment from last year. It just didn't gel with me, and this is and I was kind of worried. I kind of had that last second stomach churning well maybe I shouldn't get it uh, but either way Triangle Strategy has been good we're going to take a break and then we'll uh, we're going to talk about the news and then we'll move on to Sonic so see y'all in a minute uh, we're starting with the Playstation Plus thing that's what we're starting yes not a lot of news this week thank goodness Nope. Uh, respectable amount. Mm. I actually thought Sig- it was worse, Sig- and then Sig- I realized that there was some stuff from earlier. Not a week. lot, but definitely meaningful news. Unlike, like it's yeah. a, it's not like fluff pieces. Also, I, I didn't right. put this news, but a Kirby uh, cover. Somebody, I guess, a band had done a had mm-hmm. won a Grammy yesterday. So we'll mention that just briefly, and then we can move on. Um, we just did. Well, I mean, like. Oh, for the for up. the edited show, damn it, God, <laughs> listen, okay. Tyler said sometimes he puts this stuff in there. Uh, 
Um, Kirby Grammy, so I actually get it right. Leave this in, though, because now Ben looks like a douche. I'm off. Let's see. There you go. Congratulations. There you go. We're back. Congratulations. Uh, Kirby cover artist uh, won a, um, uh, what is the band's name? 8-Bit, 8-Bit Big Band, uh, which is a band of 30 to 65 people. They won a, uh, a Grammy for their cover for Meta Knight's Revenge, which I believe is the, the, you know, you've heard it. You know what it is. It's yeah. probably a new Kirby game at some point. Meta Knight's bitch ass is in it. Fucking edgelord. <laughs> uh, so enough of that fluff piece. We're going to get on to actual meaningful news. And now we finally have an answer to what Sony is going to do to rival uh, Microsoft's Game Pass. Uh, and it's all new PlayStation Plus, which will launch in June. And here's the here's the breakdown. Uh, so uh, here is, is breaking down. So there's PlayStation Plus Essential, which from my understanding, this is what you already have. Um, yeah. This provides the same benefit as PlayStation Plus, such as two monthly downloads, discounts, cloud saves, online access. It's pretty much the base of what you already have. It's just calling it a new name. The prices will be um, $60 a year. Uh, I'm only getting concerned that the United States and the North America region because that is what is our region. You can go to PlayStation Block to see the prices. I don't believe we have European, United Kingdom, or Japanese listeners. One day we will, but maybe not now. Uh, so nine nine nine. So prices don't change. Then we'll move up to the next one, which is PlayStation Plus Extra. So this benefits, along with the previous benefits, comes uh, uh, adds a catalog up to four hundred plus of the most enjoyable PS4, PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play, so not streaming like um, PlayStation Now. Uh, and the prices are... F- but this is basically combining PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. It's just a better version of it. Uh, and, of course, the prices are $49 a month, 40 bucks quarterly, or, of course, $100 a year. Uh, then there's Damn. the next tier, which... Same prices as Game Pass. Uh, just about, yeah. Just about. Um, yeah. And the uh, PlayStation Plus Premium... Of course, all uh, benefits from essential and, and extra tier. Here's the bonuses. Adds up to uh, 340 additional games, including, here's the kicker, PS3 games available via cloud streaming because not even Sony wants to fuck with their weird system and, and emulating it. A catalog of beloved yeah, right. classic games in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and, here's actually pretty cool, the PSP generations. Uh, off- Ooh, nice. No Vita, uh, because no one cares. Offers cloud streaming access to the men who bought one. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, for PS2, ROMs. PSP, and PS4 games. Offering the extra premium tiers and markets where PlayStation, PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream uh, games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy it. It's actually, that's pretty neat. Uh, and that is going to yep. run you... Seventeen ninety nine a month or a hundred and nineteen dollars a year before taxes. So it's a lot. It's about twenty dollars. Which I mean is honestly a much better deal than the other PlayStation Plus. Yeah, the extra. It's it's like I was listening to a podcast and it's like the it's like the extra only exists because like, well, I'm already paying this much. I might as well pay the extra twenty bucks and get all that additional shit. It's it's not huge. Um 
Mm -hmm. The new extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus, but these tiers are focused to ensure the hundreds of games will be offered include best quality content that sets us apart, and launch we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, MK11, and Returnal. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences available with a library that will be regularly refreshed. More teasers to come as the games we'll have on our new PlayStation Plus service. Um, and of course, here's the big thing. PlayStation Now will transition transition into the new PlayStation Plus offering and will no longer be available as a standalone service. PlayStation Now covers will migrate over PlayStation Plus Premium with no increase to their current subscription fee, which I believe that is base $100 a year, I believe. like the uh, At least the most expensive tier plan for it. I can't remember the exact tier, but that's actually pretty cool. Like You're not... You don't have to sign up for anything. You're already going to pay it. We're just going to move you over here. So similar to what Microsoft did with um, a certain Game Pass. I think with, like, like not gold, but this is something where, like, you, your, um, your, uh, game, your Games for Gold or whatever, or Xbox Live, it basically got moved over to your Game Pass, I think. Uh, I could be mistaken, but it sounds very similar to that. It's like you're already paying for that, so we'll just migrate you over here. Uh, yeah, so what do you guys think? Um, obviously I think the PS3 situation is pretty fucked because there's a lot of great games in the PlayStation 3, and as I've learned over the past five years that the PlayStation 3 is rivaling the Sega Saturn for its dumb architecture in terms of emulating it, um, it seems like it's not even, like, it could it be done? Yes, absolutely. This, to me, it just says Sony just does not want to put the R&D time into, um basically making their their game those games more easily available for everybody it, granted you can stream them but not everybody's gonna be able to have those games but at least the caveat is you have playstation 1 playstation 2 and psp so there's that there's that trade-off my main question is if like it says that there's streaming available on pc is it going to be like pc owners that don't have a playstation device can still you know pay for this like maybe do like a a Game Pass thing where there's like Game Pass for PC alone, which is a cheaper price, and then there's Game Pass Ultimate, which is PC and Xbox. Are they gonna have something like that? Or is it basically like, hey, you own a PlayStation and you're not always next to it? Well you can also stream this stuff to PC. Because if they're wanting to like, you know, branch out their market past just PlayStation owners, it would be nice for people with a PC like you Ben to still be able to play those games through this service. I mean, I don't know if I want to... I'd rather just pay 60 bucks to have Spider-Man. I don't want to pay that much for a handful of titles, and I'm already doing that for Game Pass. I'd rather they just make their games available. I, I can see where you're coming from, but I I think it's more for people... Well, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying there's some people that would be interested in that. I mean... I'm sure. I, I, I would imagine it depends on how many titles they're interested. I think that goes for... for everybody mm -hmm. and i think yeah um i think this is gonna be more towards the people who have playstations already and maybe they have a pc in their room in the office but they don't want to move the playstation i think it's gonna be more for those people than necessarily people without playstation consoles i think that's i think mm -hmm. you're gonna have to have some kind of sony account and or console to work for this yeah i imagine it's like the Whatever it's called, where you basically stream from your PlayStation to PC, yeah, rather than like playing the game natively on PC. Pretty much, yeah. I th I think that's what's gonna be. So like I, it, like, just fucking Marvel. What are you doing? Put the game on PC already. Shit, what the fuck are you doing? 
Um, let me mod that shit. <laughs> um, oh, that would be crazy with mods. Um, yeah, right. So, I want to wait and see the games. Like, I'm not going to rush out and, you know, drop $120 a year on this thing. Um, like, Game Pass, I was all in day one because they kind of listed some of the games that were going to be on there at launch yeah. and, like, explained it all and stuff. This, like, if it's just what's already on PS Now, and then a selection of backwards compatible games, you know, that's, like, been on, on systems in the past when they did backwards compatibility, I'm not sure I really care because I already have a lot of those games in other forms. Um, whereas, like, Game Pass is nice because that's, you know, new day one releases that I don't have to pay right. for. Like, that's where the value add comes mm-hmm. in. This, they've specifically said... You know, we don't see the profitability of adding our first party games day one. Um, like that would hurt the quality of our games, blah, blah, blah. Like it would affect the budgets. Totally understand all of that stuff. But it hurts the value proposition for me because all they're saying is like, you'll get some stuff you probably already own and then some, you know, old classics that you might have lying around still. Like I have a Vita that can perfectly emulate playstation and psp i'm still working on ps2 emulation that's that one's that's a, that's a weird one that's also yes. a weird one yeah um but i'm hoping to be able to get some some ps2 emulation uh but then a lot of the best games on that system have had hd remasters and stuff a lot of those are on vita um ps3 like the 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 ps3 cloud streaming has me intrigued but again, I don't know like what games are on there that I would actually care right. about, right? Like in turn, and whether it's worth it, cloud streaming. Yeah, because in terms of like, I assume it would be the ones that are already on PlayStation Now, honestly. Oh, there's some on PlayStation Now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I remember seeing uh, some uh, odd ones like Ultra Street Fighter Four. Uh, I think Beyond Good and Evil HD was on there as well. Actually, I think I knew that because I looked up the uh, God of War games, and like they're delisted from the stores, but they're on PS Now. This is. Fuck uh, you! Gotcha. Why? <laughs> this is right. Um, like God of War three and uh, Ascension are only on PS now. That's so lame. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see if it goes. I think, like you said, game. I think Game Pass still has an edge of it because there's a lot of day one. That's that's the big advantage Game Pass has, and that mm-hmm. even if you don't like a game, like again, like for example, Forza. None of us would have fucking tried Forza last year if we didn't have Game Pass. But when we tried it, yeah. that shit was fun as hell. And, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll have to see how it goes. I, I, I think it's a mistake to, to not try to get PS3 games physically working um, or to some degree. But we'll have to see. Um, I just have a hard time having faith in PlayStation anymore. Because, I mean, I, I love their games. Like, they're, they make some very good stuff. I love my PS5, all that, but like on the consumer level, you know, they, the, um, value of PlayStation plus, like the games you get every month and stuff has been pretty bad lately. And we lost our first game from the PlayStation plus collection, like the, you know, PS5 thing of like, um, old PS4 games that are like the greatest hits and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, they're taking Persona 5 off of it, which is going to set a precedent for losing games on that service. Um, that, you know, free value add to the PS5 service. That game just turned five years old today. It's fucked. Yeah. Um, 
So it's one of those things where it's like, are we really going to get the kind of stuff that we want through this service that we're going to pay $120 a year for? I don't know. Whereas Game Pass, like, you know what you're getting. They're very vocal about all And most of those games stay on for quite a while, too. Like, yeah. like a dumb if it's not a first, even if it's not a first party game, like if the indie games stay a while. Um, sometimes they'll come, they'll go, and they'll come back. Uh, not even that long. Like Devil May Cry, there was like mm-hmm. two, uh, five was uh, on there for like two years. It's ridiculous. Um, and if you didn't beat it at that point, well, you just didn't want to beat it. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, and you can just buy it yeah. for twenty bucks later. But um, yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to some pretty other interesting news. Uh, concerning Fortnite. So, uh, people have asked, people have complained, and Fortnite babies are crying, but it's finally happening. Fortnite Zero Bill. Now, from my understanding, this initially was dev- uh, coming out of, in support, of course, of the Ukrainian uh, fight against the Russian invasion, in which case they would be doing this no building mode, and like any kind of money from it would be going to uh, charity towards you know helping uh, for the people of Ukraine. Now it is going to be its own mode. So now you can play Fortnite without having to worry about its building mechanic, which that's that's a divisive topic, which I'll ask you guys about. But a lot of people are happy. And, of course, the pro Fortnite streaming babies are, are, are mad, but it's like it's a separate mode. It's not taking over. But it's going to divide the fan base and make it harder to not big, Like It's like they don't know how big their game is that like they, they can afford to do this. It actually could. Um, I think it's a smart idea because so many people have said, I would play Fortnite if it wasn't the build shit. Because the we've I've seen people who are really good at building. That shit's annoying. This shit is not... Because mm-hmm. at that point, it's not about your skills and marksmanship or survival. It just becomes how clicky you are. Um, and that's it. Um, well, you can have the best aim in the world, and then they just they're up in the yeah, air. Yeah, it's, it's it's insane. Like it's insane. And granted, we're old men, but I I maintain some of the best moments in Fortnite that we've played together are when we're running around the map looking for shit and running into people and having shootouts. Yeah. That's that's the best part. Remember my epic snipers from the from inside the car? Yeah, I remember that. That was great. Shooting at another car, there was no building yeah. there, and it was at the end of the match. When it was just us and one other guy, and he friggin' built himself a fort, that's when it got annoying. I mean, we still won, yeah. but that's when it got annoying. Because we had the upper hand. And he just built himself into a coward house. I'm super excited for this mode. It makes me want to play Fortnite. Yeah, um, it's going to make a lot of people play. Um, and, and yeah. you know, you, you pro Fortnite, Fortnite streamers, y'all can fucking still have your build mode, and plenty of people will still play build mode, because that is... I'd rather you stay in the building yeah. mode so I don't have to deal yeah, with exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and also to show how much of a shit aim you are. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, like Fortnite has enough personality in and of itself when you're just running around the map with your buddies, or even by yourself, with your random superhero costume that you got in that one event because you played that <clears> one time. Like, the game's going to be fine, guys. And it'd be one thing if Fortnite was like, um, I don't know, let's say PUBG, where the, the, there's like nobody playing anymore. Um, versus, like, there's millions upon millions of people constantly playing the game. You're not going to split the fan base. There are plenty of lobbies going to be full. Um, yeah. I've seen people be like, that's what made Fortnite unique was the building. Like, it's just, it's going to be just like PUBG now. It's like, no, because there's still the there's, mode where you can there's build. Also, there's just also another mode for people that don't like exactly. it. Exactly. 
You think casual and ranked. There you go. That's, that's it, guys. Yeah, sure. That's it. Ridiculous. Nobody, nobody's going to take away your money. Nobody's going to take away anything. Shut up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, move. You want to play Fortnite? We should. We should fix maybe something. And maybe uh, maybe the weekend I'm off for Doctor Strange. We should do uh, Fortnite. Um, I'm gonna go to Scotland. Oh, I forgot. That weekend, well, so. me and Tyler can play Fortnite, and you can just, <laughs> you can just enjoy Scotland. There you go. Um, oh, an excuse to play Fortnite. Fun. <laughs> Tyler doesn't want to play Fortnite. <laughs> I never played it before. It's, it's really fun when you get. We tried to get you in. It's, it, Fortnite's really fun when you have people. Like it's legit a fun game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. And uh, now we have some slightly, I don't want to say sad news, but like, okay, whatever, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Uh, we got an update by A.G. Anuma concerning Legend of Zelda The Breath of the Wild, and we all saw E3 2020, a, a fucking time I don't want to remember because of what happened in my life, but uh, we got the trailer last year, and it said 2022, and a lot of us speculated, oh, is it going to be March 2022? Some think fall, winter 2022, and then we saw the last Nintendo Direct, how, damn, Nintendo has a fucking lot of games, where is Breath of the Wild gonna release? Mm-hmm. Could it could it release anywhere that makes sense? And, as Justin said, it's not coming out this year. Breath of the Wild... It's gonna be March 2023, I guarantee uh, it. Breath of the Wild is coming out, 20, targeting 2023. Um... Yeah, the thing is, like, I don't even care this time because unlike the last time when Breath of the Wild kept getting pushed back, we had no Nintendo games to play. the The console was dead. The Wii U was dead. It was like, fuck! I just want this game. I just want this game in this damn console. Give me the damn game. Not mm-hmm. even the console. Switch didn't even exist at this point, or we didn't know what it was. Give me the fucking game. Now I'm like, well, I got this and I got this. So I'm like, you know what? Just, just yeah. Dude, take your time. I do want to know what the fuck is taking so long. Like, what happened? And this was announced in 2019, I think. What mm-hmm. happened? This is a what happened waiting to happen for Matt and Muscles. It's expanded. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, it's very clear that they're not really using the... Like, it, it seemed like it was originally just... You know, they're using the same map, but it's a new story and a new adventure on that map. Now it's this whole thing where you like you're up in the sky and like underground, and it's like I don't think the original map is really going to be a big part of the game. I think it might be like a you know a hub between the the sky and the underground, but there's obviously a lot bigger, like a lot more new stuff than they originally anticipated. It's just it's a matter of scale. Yeah, I'm. I'm... I wouldn't be surprised if it's even not a, you know, like Breath of the Wild 2 anymore. If it's like more of like a Majora's Mask. Yeah. Where it's a sequel, but it's its own subtitle, its own thing. Like, it kind of stands alone. Yeah, so they say, and they're targeting, okay, my bad. Uh, I, I, they're targeting Spring 2023, which would be March. I'm going to ask you guys real quick. There's a lot of dumbass conspiracy theorists out there. And especially, and they actually have some validity because of the NVIDIA leak that happened recently. Do you think... We're actually going to get a new upgraded Switch console that's not like the OLED for Breath of the Wild 2. Do you think it actually will happen? No. No? Justin says no. Okay. Tyler. Probably not. I hope not because I just... Not not Spring 23, no. Like launch alongside... They're definitely working on okay. one. But... Please don't. Please please don't. I already bought your OLED. Don't, don't do this to me. 
Um, like, sure, it, it'll it'll be six years at that point, but the Switch isn't slowing down, and I think they've had too many iterative models to put something out this quick. Plus, we probably would have known about it by now. Because there's no E3, so I mean, I guess there could be some, like, they could do their own big event this summer, but it's, I, I don't see it happening next month. Yeah. Um, there, there was one new clip, kind of, that showed, it was kind of sneaky, like, in the Master Sword looked brittle and broken as hell. Like, that was, like, the mm-hmm. one piece of new footage. Hey, man, that Calamity Ganon fight was pretty tough. I'd expect yeah. as much. So, I'm... Well, and, um, Link goes to reach for it, and his hand is black. Yeah. Like, that first trailer when, like, you know, Zombie Ganon or whatever, like, grabbed him. It's corrupt. People are speculating that that's, like, like, Ganon's hand, and it's corrupting the sword, and, like, maybe the story of the game is, like, to, you know, um, to banish the evil from the... that's, like, corrupting the sword. Game and maybe over. it'll, like, Ganon's introduce Fee. All I know is it's a, it's a Princess Mononoke reference. That's all I know. Mm. It does look like that. With the the main character's hand being corrupted and having to stave off the corruption. So, I need to watch Princess Mononoke again. It's been too long. Um, so there you go. Uh, no Breath of the Wild 2 this year. But hey, we've already talked about Nintendo has a banger fucking year coming out this year. Um, so, it's not like... Maybe they can fit in Metroid Prime Trilogy HD now. <laughs> that it doesn't exist. You know what? I think I'm taking this less salty because I have Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming out. If if Yeah, so give me this. Um, no, because, because you're going to get Metroid Prime HD Remake 1. That's all you're going to get. That's all I will give you. Um, I'll take um, it. But and who knows? Maybe that'll be... Uh, so, like, if, if Xenoblade Chronicles 3 wasn't coming out, I would probably be more, like, annoyed. I'm like, man, f- what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, what's going on? But because I have this... Yeah. Third iteration to my new one of my favorite modern JRPGs of of the current era. I'm like, hey, more time for Xenoblade Chronicles three, baby. I can put more time in that game, and that's perfectly fine with me. Um, I mean, we've got Gotham Knights and um, Hogwarts, and you have ho- Pokemon. You have like, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, games coming out this, like, you know, this holiday. It's a lot. Um, like. September through yeah. December. Yeah, but if, if you're specifically a Nintendo fan, this isn't like when the Wii U, when you had Star Fox and that was it, and maybe an indie release. You have plenty to eat this year. You're going to be fine. And at this point, yeah. just turn on Breath of the Wild again and you want to get that high again. You can you can wait. Salty fans be like, you took my only food, now I'm And then there's this, this Platoon 2, there's Fire Emblem Warriors 2, there's Mario Strikers... It's like, you guys are fine. You're fine. Relax. Uh, Monster Hunter Sunrise, Sunbreak. Let's go ahead and move on. So it sucks, but I've accepted it, and whatever. It's fine. Uh, let's yeah. move on to... Um, fucking Blood... Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is getting uh, a new update. Uh, in uh, I, I keep surprised this game's getting updated. Like uh, I don't know if this is a Kickstarter goal or not. But this is crossing over with um, the Ubisoft game. Oh God, um, I, Child, of, Child Light. of Light, and sh- the main character from that is now going to be playable in um, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night. Uh, and 
And she looks unique, too, Yeah, right? she does. It's been a while since I played Ritual of the Night, but um, she definitely has her own abilities. I started playing Child of Light a long time ago, but I never I got bored with it, so I stopped playing. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's... That, that's I'm like... <laughs> I don't know what to say. I just, I just think it's really cool that this game is still getting updates for people who backed this a long time ago and are still getting updates. I, I just think it's really cool. Yeah. It's neat. It's a surprise, for sure. This feels like the kind of thing that, like, Ubisoft was, like, put her in your game. More so than, you know, they still wanted to develop it. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, or just a good... Because, like, Child of Light is also one of those kind of, you know, flash-in-the-pan things. It's like, these are two mostly forgotten uh, IPs, I guess, that, like, ever smushed together randomly years way too late. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? It's a free, As long as it's a free update, like, uh, I think the um, uh, the other ones have been, I think it'll be fine. But cool on that, that, sure. that, you know, this game, like, hey, you have a new mode to play, and this game has already had modes to play in and of itself. Uh, a successful indie Kickstarter. Had a rough start, but it's here now. Um, moving on... Oh, they also, real quick, they also put out an updated roadmap. There's still more shit um, coming out? Jesus. It Well, what's confusing is it shows a question, 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 playable character. But I, like, it doesn't show Aurora. So you'd think she would be that character. This new update features like Negan from Tekken 7. Oh, wait, that's 2021. Never mind, that's not a new. Th- okay. Someone someone was dumb and posted the oh. an old post. Yeah, and under, underneath it. I thought it was an update. Never mind. Ignore me. Yeah, 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 yeah no, no. This is this is this is old, so. Yeah, cuz all these care all these things have already come out, like the classic mode, uh chaos mode, ver- yeah, it's it's all uh the crossover event I think was the blasphemous crossover, I think. Um which mm. is uh, it, both both games crossed over. Um, yeah, shout out to Rich of the Night. Shout out to Iga and his team. Uh, looking forward to the inevitable sequel. Make a sequel to uh, Curse of the Moon three, please, because we're getting Gunvolt three uh, in the summer. So uh, give me, yeah. give me, give me uh, Curse of the Moon three. Don't make it as hard, please. Uh, moving on to the other mm-hmm. big like earth shattering news of this year. Something we kind of already saw coming, but now it's officially happening. Uh, which sucks because I had all these fucking ideas to do E3 this year. I had plans. I was we were we were, you know next month I would have started. We were starting ready, and now there's really not a point. There's still gonna be summer stuff like the summer the summer games it's fest not that Jeff Keighley did. No, but I'm just saying like there's going to be things right. happening. What I'm saying is I had ideas for the days at conferences. I had I, like, gotcha. that's my I, I've been I've been thinking of shit. And now it's like, well, fuck it, throw it away. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's pointless now. Um, I'd say save it for next year, but I would not be surprised I, if, I, if E3 doesn't come yeah, back. Yeah, so that's pretty much the headline is that E3 is not going to be there in a digital or a physical or a digital capacity. So there's, for the first time since 1996, 95, I think it's 95, there will not be a either a digital or a physical E3, which is like, you know, um, whether you hate E3 or not, it was always like a, for a lot of people who weren't fucking cynical about shit, you know who you are. Um, it was, it was like, it was the closest you get to gaming Christmas. If you have, especially if you have friends who you can share it with and 
they geek out over announcements, you geek out announcements, or you just laugh at memes that are uh, created on stage for everybody. It was, it was, as long as you took E3 in stride, it was a fun time. And I hate that my last E3 yeah. was during a traumatic moment in my life. Um, so I never, I, I'm kind of like, you know what, fine, fuck it, I don't need you this year anyways. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'm okay with E3 going away, as long as like, there's stuff stuff happening, which, as you said, there will be with, like, the Summer Game Fest and everything. But at the same time, part of me will miss the whole watching a conference together, or that's that yeah. that's going to be gone. But um, you know, as long as if if, if Jeff Keighley and his team create some of that, but like over a week's time, maybe it'll be fun. We'll have to see. Um, this this news does say that uh, the ESA, the the you know company that does E three. Um, canceled this year in order to focus resources on a reinvigorated showcase next year that sounds like pr speak to yeah. me like they're they're just gonna cancel it and then next year be like oh uh yeah no we're done <laughs> but maybe it's i'm wrong attack on titan shit all over again <laughs> i don't know it's it's a weird time because they kind of had an out with the pandemic but then they got our hopes up again and now it feels like they overextended and don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, which the end of a, the end of an era tr- for sure. Uh, the summers will not be the same without E3. You know, remember? So yeah, that was again. I was really looking forward to it because last year I did not get to you know do anything for E3 because of of of, of, of what happened, and I was looking forward to this year being the commander. All right, all right, guys. I need you here. I got these ideas. You know, let's do this. And like now, it's not going to happen. So maybe we'll maybe maybe we'll find another event we can latch on to and do that. Maybe um, uh, the gaming awards. Game awards. Yeah, maybe that'll be a fun thing to yeah. do. That was that was fun. So we'll have to see. Uh, and let's move on to our last bit of news, which is going to be much to my surprise, Hyperlight Breaker. Uh, is officially announced. A they're not calling it a sequel, but a successor to Hyperlight Drifter, the acclaimed indie game from 2014. Uh, we even got a trailer, which was a cool, God, a badass uh, animated trailer of of Hyperlight uh, Breaker. Um, uh, and then of course we get a small look at what the game is going to look because unlike Hyperlight Drifter, which was all pixel. Zelda style. This is going to be full 3D. Uh, and here's the kick. Hark Machine developers of uh, the acclaimed stylish and difficult... Yeah, I can test for that. 2D action RPG Hyperlight Drifter have announced a new game set in the universe, Hyperlight Breaker. Available via Steam Early Access sometime in spring 2023, Hyperlight Breaker is a 3D title with a single player and co-op modes. Um, enter the Overgrowth, a new land in the world of Hyperlight. Play alone or with friends to explore massive biomes, defeat brutal monsters, Create new builds, survive the mysterious crowns, and overthrow the almighty Abyss King in this action roguelike adventure from the creators of Hyperlight Drifter. And normally that would have turned me off, but I didn't see that. But the fact that I loved Hyperlight Drifter and it's gonna be co op. Lo, if you're here, you and me, Hyperlight Breaker, let's go. (laughs) Um, 
The announced trailer only shows a few glimpses of pre-alpha gameplay from an animated fight scene that matches ballistic action style of the original Hyperlight Drifter. Screenshots show a few different biomes, steps of combat, and a main character tearing around on a hoverboard. The title card also shows a different character silhouettes, perhaps different options in the game's co-op mode. Uh, Heart Machine isn't calling this a sequel explicitly, and there's no clear indication of what the story will look like. It's the studio's first four in 3D, and now, uh, uh, it isn't, uh, they made Solar Ash. I forgot they made that game. Um, yeah, I think this is using the same Fans engine. will no doubt be hoping to learn the team learn lessons of that title, which offered some fantastic movie techniques, but was let down by the sterile world building. Gearbox Publishing is working with Heart Machine to publish Hyperlight Breaker. The game will be on PC with no other platforms to mention. And it's like, I was really surprised because Hyperlight Drifter was one of my favorite games when I played it. It was hard. I got mad. But, God, it was so much fun. Yeah, I didn't get super into Hyperlight Drifter. I really wanted to because it is a good Zelda like, but I just it was hard, and I kind of had like it reminded me more of Tunic, where it's like the world is open to you, but I didn't find the world as interesting to explore as I do Tunic. Um, but it was a good game, and I think this will be really fun with co-op. I'm just a little bit disappointed by the roguelite aspect. Just embrace um, it, buddy. Embrace it, and now you. Sometimes they're okay. The like, like I said, I, I, um, I started playing Cadence of Hyrule. That was the other one I forgot. Um, Cadence of Hyrule again, and like I still like that because it's more the you know the dungeons are randomized, but like the overall game structure is the same, um, and you don't lose everything when you die. You just lose certain things. So it's like it's it's a matter of structure. I don't know how this is going to be set up, how punishing the you know the roguelike elements are going to be. Uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm excited. Hyperlight Breaker. Uh, I I would have li- I thought it was I thought it was legit going to be Hyperlight Drifter two, especially with that that cutscene that they showed. I'm like, mm, please, please another one. I would take it, but um, I'll be interested to see how this plays. Oh. Real quick, I forgot to put it in the notes, um, so I'm just going to shout it out while we're talking about, you know, successors, sequels, whatever. Um, April Fool's Day, uh, which this is also April 1st, huh? It's weird to me when when uh, game devs, like, announce, like, actual games on April 1st. Um, anyway. I think it's a joke. Yeah, I guess so. April 1st, uh, the developers of Rivals of Aether, I forget the, the name of the, uh, the development team. Team Rival. But, um, is that it? I don't know. I, just, I don't know. Oh, okay. Fire um, Squad. They put out, like, a, uh, like a Rival, or Aether Direct, I think it was called. Um, that was, like, 25 minute, minutes, like, you know, themed kind of around, like, the Nintendo Direct style but it was all just like campy schlock with puppets. Um, they called it Puppets of Aether. Oh, that's cute. And I thought it was just this this dumb like they they always do uh, April Fools really well. Like I think last year it was they put out kind of a spoof game. It was real, but it was like a spoof uh, dating sim called Lovers of Aether. Um, and so this year they one upped it with like a twenty five minute video with puppets and stuff of their characters, but. In that in that video, they actually had a few game announcements, um, including a spinoff of the series called Dungeons of Aether, which is kind of a really cool like 
um, like thousands of years before the fighting broke out. Um, and it's like an RPG type, like dungeon crawler uh, with similar characters, but not the same characters, obviously, because it's, you know, bit many years removed. Um, and that looked really cool. And then there was another uh, another fighting game that I think might have already been announced before. I don't remember the name of it. Um, but they showed that they're going to have a guest character in it. Um, it's a it's a Smash clone with like indie game mascots. I almost guarantee you it's been shown before. I just I don't know what it's familiar. called. Right now. I'd have to look yeah, it up. I think um, there's just, there's a couple of them floating around with that moniker. Yeah, this one looks really good. But point is, they ended the video with a uh, first look trailer of Rivals of Aether Two. Um, and it's fully 3D, looks amazing, uh, introduces a lot of new mechanics like ledge grabs, uh, shields, um, a few other things I can't remember offhand. They only showed three characters because it's, I think they're aiming for 2024, so like it's still pretty early. Um, but it looked really solid and I feel like it's going to be the, you know, the next Smash game we can look forward to because Rivals is really solid it's just kind of held back by the simplicity of the controls and stuff being like almost the 16 bit, eight bit, like, you know, retro aesthetic. Um, but yeah, rivals two is either unreal or unity. Um, and it feels a lot more modern. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to shout that one out because rivals of Aether is a super dope game that doesn't get enough credit. Um, I'm actually I'm planning on playing it with Lo sometime soon. Um, we need to schedule that, but uh, I actually so want to give that game a shot. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I've just been talking to him recently about like that this this game like this whole like the lore behind this game feels like it should go the Shovel Knight route, you know, where like all these it becomes this big deal and all these people like make spinoff games and things like that set in the same world um, because there's a weird amount of lore. For this little, you know, one-off fighting game. Um, and then they put out this, you know, release that has a, a guest character in some other fighting game, a spin-off RPG game, and then a sequel. And it's like, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, now it's a, a universe of, of Aether games. Um, it made me happy. I just, I forgot to put it in the news. Okay, that's cool. Never seen that, but Rivals of Ether never really struck my fancy. If I'm gonna play Smash, I'm gonna play Smash. I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> it's got really good characters, um, though. Some great designs, sure, and some guests. It's got Ori in it. I got Ori right over there too. He's giving, he's gonna give me a, a massage later. Um. Anyways, um, I got your Ori right uh, here. Don't forget about multiverses. The WB Smash game that's coming out. I gonna forget about that. Um, is it going to be good? Shaggy. Well, at least we know it's coming. Don't it's don't don't good. skip over it. Like it's nothing. It's it looked fun based on that trailer we saw, um, and it's going to be free Damn. to play. So let's give that a shot. Hopefully, it won't suck like Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl did. Um, right. And at least it'll right. have the character voices. Um, okay. So now we're going to move on uh, to our topic of the night, which is on our favorite blue headshot. Um, so yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, it's he's getting. We're talking about this because Sonic the Hedgehog two will be coming out, but will be out by the time this episode is released in theaters. Starring, of course, 
uh, Sonic, Tails, and, and Knuckles, uh, along with Dr. Robotnik, insert, you know, the sequel to the much-feared... God, isn't it crazy how first saw that hedgehog, we all fucking bitched, mm-hmm. they changed it, and granted, the movie, first movie, is not an Oscar winner, but it was fun, it was enjoyable, and it got people behind the idea of a Sonic movie, and now here we are, we got the Master Emerald, we got Knuckles, voiced by Idris Elba, um, and Tails, voiced by her uh, original game actress Colleen O'Shaughnessy, um, it's, yeah, so let's talk about Sonic, what, uh, Tails is a boy, Tails is, Tails is whatever, um, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make this extremely Tails. awkward. Um, so uh, yeah. let's let's talk about Sonic, and we're not here to talk about Tails because let's really, nobody gives a shit about Tails. He's only there because Sonic's there. I do. Rude. Um, you just called me Tails. I told you I was gonna make fun of you for it later. <laughs> yeah. I told you. Listen, Tails was wow. always the one you handed here. Here you play because you're not gonna do anything. AKA. You do you don't, you're, what you're gonna do is not gonna matter right now. I'm playing, okay, just so you can shut the fuck up. So there you go. <laughs> okay, I know this is my topic, but I'm boycotting, and I'm just gonna be quiet. Um, so let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Obviously, Sonic is um, when he first came out uh, was considered a rival to Mario. You know, Sega wanted to <laughs> take it right to it. They had Alex Kidd before. And now they have this map, the, this little blue hurt hedgehog who took the world by storm. Like, it's hard to uh, sell people how big Sonic was back at the time. But, Tyler, what about Sonic the Hedgehog to you has stood the test of time? And what makes you, what makes you think Sonic has lasted many of success and a lot of failure? Yeah, so this has been a pretty hot topic because I've been talking about Sonic for a good big chunk of my life at this point. Um, As I probably mentioned before on the show, uh, my first uh, game console was a Genesis, and the very first game that I ever owned and played was Sonic 2. And uh, just the memory of playing that game with my older sisters... uh, of course, I was the player too. I was Tails the entire time. Because uh, Tails is the best. You don't do anything. True. You're literally just handed, and you do not do anything. You fly. You are. You're too busy being off screen to not do anything. <laughs> I know because I had to play as Tails, and my older brother wanted to play as Sonic. Okay. Okay. Sonic Three Tails is better. I'll, I'll give you that. Nevertheless, uh, whether Tails was good or not in Sonic Two is irrelevant. Point is, I had fun playing that game um, with my sisters at the time, and ever since, I've been uh, getting my hands on every single iteration of the series, Sonic 3 and Knuckles being my absolute favorite. Um, But when it comes to Sonic as a character and why he's endured this entire time, it's mostly based on uh, his design and uh, basically uh, his long-standing rivalry uh, with Nintendo that's pretty much made him endure this entire time because the the 90s were pretty big when it comes to like the console wars like it was just nintendo and sega for a big majority of the 90s and sonic was their flagship character because fuck alec no one knows who that is um 
And even though the games do vary in quality, uh, it's hard to deny how important this character is uh, and what it's done for the industry as a whole. Because as a platformer, it doesn't do that much differently than Mario did. But its main gimmick uh, being focused on speed and uh, having this character that pretty much has the edgy 890s attitude is alluring, you know? That's just how I stand with it. I always thought Sonic was just the embodiment of cool as a kid. Um, I, you know, again, I we have all played our magic, our, our magic, magic platformers, mascot platformers, um, Ace the Acrobat, Banjo-Kazooie, Spyro, Crash, who have all had relative mitigating success after, well, except for Ace. Ace is just fucked. Um, he's stuck on the Super Nintendo. I don't even know what the last Ace Acrobat game was. Why did I think of Ace Acrobat? I don't fucking know, but it's the first thing I can think of. You um, forgot Bubsy. That's exactly. Uh, no one cares exactly. about Bubsy. Um, fuck that character, man. Uh, but, like, I think a lot of it is just Sonic's attitude. Um, and, like, just, even in his sprite, he just had an aura of cool around him. Um, and the, I think it helped that when you look at Mario's gameplay at the time, which a lot of, anybody will say, Mario games are fun, and they're, and they're, and they're fun in a unique way. There was, back then, the idea of that exhilarating sense of speed that necessarily wasn't captured the best in the first Sonic game, especially when you get to Marble Hill Zone, but... Labyrinth Zone's the worst yeah. of that. Um, but when you play Sonic 2 and you, like, they do such a better job of giving you opportunities to experience the speed and platforming. And, like, that to me is, like, why he's endured. And then, of course, you get to the Dreamcast era where, like, now he can talk. And just the way he talks, he just has, like, this. Oh, yeah! This is happening. This brash bravado about him, this cockiness that like nothing can go wrong. Why? Because I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. I got this. This, this, just again, this inherent cool with him, um, and I and I think honestly that's why he he stood out. His design is unique. His enemies are unique. His whole thing is unique into itself. Like he was really like the first animal like mascot thing to like stick out of it it helped that he like was a packing game for the genesis and that that definitely helped a lot to put him in a lot of people's homes but you as we've shown you can put something in a lot of people's homes and they'll still won't give a shit about it looking at you new super mario brothers Wii. um so <laughs> like you know sonic may I, I like that to me is why sonic is there even though we've seen so many iterations of sonic just and sega just shitting the bed with their star character and not sixty seven percent, sixty six percent of his games. Are yeah, ass. and just not understanding what makes Sonic great or why the fans like Sonic. But at the end of the day, we like Sonic because he's. I think people like Sonic because he's cool. He represents that cool we all want to be. That image of cool you had as a kid. The not give a fuck attitude. The taunting. The te- the taunting of Eggman. The like almost you could say Daredevil quality uh, about him. You know, and the fact that he's doing these high, high risky situations, but he smiles in the face of danger. I think a lot of it has to do with that, um, and and of course, like the fact that his all his buddies and stuff like that too. Um, I think that's why. Yeah. Even if you have a a bomb like say Sonic 06, where it literally legitimately hurt the franchise and people hated Sonic for a long time, and some of you fuckers still won't let that shit go. 
Um, you know, like he's the reason why we we we, we he's they're going to get a new Sonic game by the end of the year. Um, at least, hopefully, we do. Who knows, right? We're vocal because we care. Um, so yeah, I I think that's why Sonic has has stood the test of time. Um, but uh, as for as for memory, um, Tyler, do you have a specific memory? Uh, whether it's from the Genesis era, the Dreamcast era, concerning Sonic the Hedgehog? I have lots, but one that really stands out to me uh, was when I played Sonic 3 for the first time. Um, it was, I think it was late 1995. Uh, my mom took me to uh, the local toy store um, after a grocery stint. Uh, stint. Uh, we picked up Sonic 3 from the local Toys R Us, and uh, I popped that in my Genesis and just had the greatest time of my life. Just seeing that opening cutscene of Sonic jumping from the tornado, turning supersonic, and uh, going out of the transformation after Knuckles jumps out of the ground and steals his emeralds. Like, that's forever ingrained in my mind. And just going through Angel Island, experiencing uh, the great uh, musical theme uh, uh, accompanying it. And... Every accompanying level after it, Hydro City being one of my favorites. Hydrocity. Uh, no, it's, it's, Hi- it's Hydro City. Anyway. He's wrong. Yeah. But yeah, just going through... But yeah, uh, this, it was one of the first games that I ever played that had a save system. So even though I was notoriously bad at video games at that point in my life, I was able to make it pretty far because the save system was lean enough and I could just go back and try again. And um, I actually did beat the game uh, at a pretty young age. Uh, and it was great. It was the first game that I actually beat on my own. And uh, that memory will always stay with me. And uh, that's another reason why Sonic 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. Just pure nostalgia. Even though I played Sonic 2 first, Three holds a special place in my heart, and I'm just hoping that uh, there is a confident re-release in the future for modern consoles. Are you going to lift your own self ban, Justin? Yeah, I. I mean, I was. I was joking about being quiet. I do have some thoughts on Sonic. Um, so. (laughs) I am one of those weirdos that. I really I appreciate Sonic and I respect him as a character, but I don't really like playing Sonic games for the most part. Um, I've been trying to get back in lately. Like I think I talked about last week, I had jumped into some of the 3D games um, yeah, with you some about mods. Lost World and, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, I tried Generations and you know that kind of thing. Um, and then this past week, I tried to get into some of the uh, the 2D games on the DS. Um, I tried. Uh, Rush and Colors. Um, I liked Colors way more because it has the homing attack. Um, Rush one has problem homing I have attack too. It's just weird. Does it? I couldn't get it to work. One yeah, uh... problem I have with like Retro Sonic is it feels like the speed is to, is specifically there to like hurt you because the only way you can like attack enemies is by jumping on the top of them. But anytime you're like running, it feels like there should be a way to like hit them head on, without taking damage. But there's not really until you get a home. Running, dude. 
So just being a ball does damage? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's what I do in every 2D Sonic game. Fair enough. Like I said, I don't really know Sonic that well. Um, But what I will say... Oh, yeah. Real quick. Um, So I, I... I have a hard time with a lot of Sonic games. Like, my favorite ones, I've, I think I've said this before, my favorite Sonic games are the weird ones. Like, Sonic Heroes, uh, 3D Blast, um, Sonic Battle. Oof. Like, those, yeah, those ones that aren't traditional Sonic games. <laughs> um, because I don't really like the speed and the, you know, um, the the general way you're supposed to play Sonic. But I like the character and kind of the lore behind it all. Um I need to play Adventure 2. I've, that one's on my no, list. No, you don't. Yeah, um, no, you don't. I had Adventure 1 on Dreamcast. Um, I couldn't get super into it, but I want to try Adventure 2. <laughs> um, but, yeah. My, my favorite thing about Sonic is his creation. Um, just the idea of this character basically built in a lab to just be cool. <laughs> like, they had no idea what kind of game they were going to make yet. They just knew they wanted a cool mascot, and they went to this marketing team and were like, hey, make us someone cool. And they made, like, this bunny, and they're like, no, not cool enough. Make us something cooler. And they made a hedgehog with sunglasses and boots and... You forgot the dog. Oh, there was a dog? I didn't remember the dog. Yeah, there was a dog uh, prototype for Sonic. Okay. Fair there enough. was also the Theodore Roosevelt in pajamas that uh, would eventually become Eggman. Yeah, I, I was trying to just focus on Sonic because that was that was bad. Um, but anyway, point is they ended up on this blue hedgehog because blue is the antithesis to red, um, and it's a cool color. Um, With the red Michael Jackson shoes. Yeah, because I think he started like like green or something. Like the the bunny, I think, was green. Something like that. And they wanted something more of a stark contrast. Like, they, they like, marketed out, like, color options. And people uh, preferred the, the blue shades. It's, it's like, he's, he's a focus-tested mascot. And it worked. <laughs> it's exactly what shouldn't work. You create the character before you create anything else around him. But they did it. They made this character that was so cool that whatever game he was put in, people would play it. Yeah, man. I fucking lost my shit when he was announced for Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure everyone else did as well. Even though he doesn't play that great. He yeah, kind of just he has multiple circle Brothers, moves. But the idea of him being in Smash Brothers is so cool. Right. Because he's cool. Yeah. And, like, the movie. Like, I did not care about a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I was like, this is going to be dumb. It was good. Like it was he he's a fun character. I mean, you know, there was the nineties cartoon with Urkel voicing him. Like there's all this stuff out there. It's like he is a fun, marketable character. And that's why he's withstood the test of time despite having some bad games. Because people don't really care if the games are bad. They like the character. And yeah, that's what they did so well. If you so don't well. know who Sonic is, you know what he looks like. And I think that's a hallmark of his genius design. Yeah, exactly. You get like Mario, who you know is the most icon- one of the most iconic video game characters ever made. Actually, more more most iconic media characters ever made. Um, up there with like Mickey Mouse, I think. Yeah. And you see, like he's got great games, but not a lot of marketability outside of that. I mean, 
they've tried multiple times to bring Mario into other mediums and it hasn't worked, which is why the, you know, the Mario movie now has taken so long to get off the ground and we still haven't seen any footage from it. <laughs> but we're about to have two Sonic movies in the span of three years. Yeah, that's wild. Because he's just a fun character that's easy to market to people. Um, and that's really where the difference is. Like, Mario was iconic, but I would not call him cool. Yeah. He was his first. That, that, that's... Yeah. First with with good game with being a, behind a good game, but mm-hmm. you know that that's that's what really all Mario has. Um, yeah, but I love like I love watching people play Sonic and stuff like you know that idea of grabbing rings and like the the special stages are so cool and like they're great games. They're just not for me, but I respect the crap out of that and even the lore like. The, the way that's expanded out and, like, you know, brought in other characters. And there's, like, the, the comic book that has its a whole thing. And, like, it's a wild universe with, like, some diehard lore hounds that you would not expect for just a, you oh, know, yeah. blue hedgehog gathering rings. But it works and it's weird, but... I'll take it. So, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, my, I think my memory. I did play Sonic on the Genesis. That's like I think Sonic Three was probably my first one that I remember. We might have retroactively gone back and played Sonic Two once you know the whole lock on shit and playing Knuckles in Sonic Two. But I don't think I really appreciated Sonic until September 9th, nineteen ninety nine. My dad comes home. With the Sega Dreamcast, and he says, "Son, you need to see this." Pulls out a copy of oh, Sega story. Dreamcast, Sonic the Hedge, Sonic Adventure, and he's like, "Let me, let me, let me, like, plot." We set it up. Of course, back then, guy kids, you didn't have to worry about updates or shit. You just plug it in, turn it on, and it's just it went. And then the Dreamcast go. Then it would go. Just wails like a fucking machine. You had to charge the UMD and or UMB. UM, what is it? UMG. UMD. Um, the yeah. And then he's like, "Son, watch this." Because my dad was a video game manager. He never been here before. Um, oh wow, there mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, there's 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 the best console nice. that had it on best, my shelf. I'm sad. I best sold console him. of all time. Suck it. Um, and um, he's like, "Son, you need to watch this," because he had already set it had set it up the, the work demo. So he knows this game is. So he knows what the intro is. So just sit down and watch this. Like, okay. And it's like, oh, what is this? the CGI? And then Sonic running through. And then, oh my god, is that Godzilla? It's like, what is going? Uh, and it's like, this is like, and then he hand, and then he hands me the controller. It's like, here you go. Um, it was. I think what, the, the wires at the bottom. What the fuck I, is I this? Think, mm-hmm. I didn't really care about that point. I remember that weekend playing nothing but Sonic Adventure. Um, um, just, uh, just the the tornado level, the the fucking um, the casino level, and seeing knights again. The whale chase. Uh, yeah, everything <laughs> about that game was so cool. And then after, um, I think I think my dad helped me beat the Sonic's campaign. But then going back and like, wait a minute, I can play as Tails. And then seeing, like, oh, shit, I can play his Knuckles? Like, I was just... That, I think that, like, even though I played Sonic when I was younger, 
you know, when I was five or six, it was Sonic Adventure that really sold me on like this. This his character is awesome, and I want to play every single game he's in. And with the exception of Sonic Heroes, I've done that. Um, so um, it's. So you haven't played Sonic Heroes, but you judge me for liking it. Because, I, uh, because the consensus is that it's not great. That's why. It's not, it's but fun. it's fun, like, Jank. Like, like, the consensus is that... It's one of the better 3D ones. I mean... I'm not even going to argue that. Yeah. Tynos. I mean, also... It's, also, we haven't... Sorry, we didn't even discuss, like, the music. It's, well, like, it's, Sonic has some of the hypest music. We're talking about memories. Memories. Sorry. Memories. Of a, of a by forgotten era. I remember when I was younger. I remember when I was younger. I would go to like a youth center. I think I've mentioned this in the Tiger Shoes video, but not specifically this. Um, there were some kids that uh, had a Dreamcast in like the rec room, and they were playing Sonic Adventure. I hadn't seen the game at that point. And I was like, "Wow, this looks so fucking cool! Sonic's in 3D now. I'm so used to like the 2D shit. I gotta get one. I never had a Dreamcast as a kid." But I lived that game through um, that playthrough in the youth center, and that's another memory that will stick with me through the end of time. Um, I, yeah, so I, 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 I don't really have any other memories that like stick with me because Sonic. Unfortunately, I played Sonic Adventure two, and that was God. That was like a, an event for us. Uh, me, the kids around, like my kids, the kids around the neighborhood, were perfectly come over our house to play uh, our Dreamcast and you know the multiplayer with that stuff. Like God. Um, I love Sonic Adventure 2 as a kid, not so much now. Um, but yeah. uh, did you play it on Dreamcast? Dreamcast. Or I never, never. I thought of like the idea of owning a Sonic game on a. On... We played the shit out of the GameCube version because that one's lost. better, right? The multiplayer. Is. The idea of playing a, oh the single player is not. Like, by that point, we were. By the time that came out, we were out of the game sphere. Like, we we had a GameCube, but we weren't really. My dad had a new job, so we weren't really gaming at that point. Um, so I, I gotcha. missed that era, which is good because I don't know if I would have how I would have reacted to the fact that um, what the fuck is Sonic doing on a Nintendo console? <clears throat> this is weird. Um, so I missed all that phase. Um, now it's home. Now it's just like normal. <laughs> um, but all right, so as just mentioned, let's talk about Sonic Music. Um, who, no matter what the Sonic game is, chances are there's at least one banger on there. Um, I'll, I'll point to Sonic 06. Uh, his world. I fucking love his world. The game is atrocious, but that that dun, 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 like once it starts, it's like let's go. Um, but I think my I think it's one of my earliest earliest appreciations of video game music was um, Chemical Plant Zone. Nothing, nothing sounded like that in a video game because Mario is all like, dude, you know, very you know. I don't know how to describe it. Gamey. And, like, it's fine. It's great, right? But Chemical Plant sounded like... Like, I was like... It's like it's it's appropriate because he, he may or may not have worked on Sonic 3. But it sounded like something Michael Jackson would make. It's just, like, high yeah. intense, like, you know, very fast-paced movie. Like, it just... It's like I could... You could play it at a nightclub. Exactly. Um... And isn't that the one where like you go in underwater yes. and the music like changes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Sega sound chip was also on another PTSD. level though. Like that, of course. Um, you know, Sonic Adventure soundtrack. Like that's one thing you can usually count, with the exception of like, um, oh god, the Wii, the not the not not Lost World, 
but the other one, Rise of Lyric. Generations? With the exception of Rise of Lyric, pretty much every Sonic game has at least one song in there that you're going to go, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, Sonic just has had that. Like, they, they put a lot of emphasis in their mu- in the music of, of the game, of their games. Yeah, I pretty much uh, listen to any Sonic track that I can when I'm at work or, like, doing, like, a personal project or whatever. Because it's pretty much just my musical comfort food. Like, it helps me relax. It helps me concentrate. It's just something that I listen to for a really long time. And, yeah, most of the, most of the games have some really good bangers. Um I love me uh, mo- the majority of Sonic Adventure soundtrack. I love the Japanese rendition of Sonic CD's uh, OST. Um, heck, even Lost World, which I don't really appreciate that much as a Sonic game, has some really good tracks. And uh, yeah, uh, even the vocal ones by uh, Crush Forty and uh, June. Those Snowy, are my favorites. Which, yeah. Those are some of the hypest fucking vocal tracks for any video game ever. And it made me appreciate video game music more as a whole. And it's just something that... Like, lots of people argue that, uh, video game music isn't video games. I say, fuck you, listen to this, and yeah. you will change your mind. Sonic and Donkey Kong, I feel like, can really... As far as, like, you know, classics, can really change your, pun intended, tune on video game music. But I will say real quick, um, come at me, but the Sonic Heroes theme is the best Sonic song of all it's time. It's really good. Sonic Heroes. It's not better than Live Sonic and Learn. Find you, can find you. Are you going to tell me that's better than Live and it's... Learn? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's really it's, good. It's, it's, it's good, great. but it's not, it's not Open Your Heart or Live and Learn. It's not even Chemical Plant. Or heck, even... Or even what I'm made of from Sonic Heroes. It's not even, like, um, my world. Okay, I'll say lyrical, lyrical okay, his songs. world is better, or is better. Sonic Heroes is, is fine, it's very repetitive, just like the gameplay. Um, his world is a lot better. Says someone that hasn't played it. And you can like it, I'm not saying you I'm can't not... like it, but, like, it's not the best. We I'm not taking comments at this time. Of, we should make a tier list of vocal songs. We should. Games. That'd you be can fun. make your own tier list. I'll make my own Next tier week. list. Because then it would just be me and Justin arguing about each other for like an hour. I don't know enough of them. Like, I mean, I, I know some, but like, I don't know the names. I know the songs. Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't know them from the games. I know them from like Crush Forty concerts at the you know the Sonic events. His world is above live and learn. I mean, like his world is great. I never like. I I just prefer live and world, but live and learn or um, open your heart. I think is my personal favorite in terms of like lyrical, just because of what it's it's in the boss fight. Um, yeah, open your heart. I think and, and this is because of the guitar riff at the beginning. I think that's like my unbiased. Like yeah, that's the one I I will pop for. Like if. if I ever got to go... If they ever took that Sonic Symphony, like, on tour, um, and you actually got to go see it, that's the point where I would start crying um, uh, in, in the show. Which, by the way, go check out the... So- if you missed the Sonic Symphony from last summer, um, go watch it. Or go listen to it on Spotify. It's, like, streaming now. You can go listen to those versions there. 
Dude, it's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, even, like, even, like, um, I, I love, okay, I need to ask you guys this. Emerald Hill or Green Hill? Which one do you prefer? The, in the, Emerald, Emerald Hill? Hill? No comment. <laughs> Nerd. Also, shout-outs to T. Lopes, uh, the composer for uh, Sonic Oh, Media, my God. For making some good remixes and uh, original tracks for that game. It's oh, so Studio Oculus Zone is so fucking good. It's... Studiopolis, uh, uh, what was the snow level uh, called? Mad uh, Press Zone, I think, because it was like a printing... Mad, Mad Press, Press Zone. Zone. Yeah, that was... Hi, TBG. Especially Act 2. Oh, my it's, God, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. Wait, were you meaning the music in Green Hill? Yeah, yeah. Emerald like, Hill, would you prefer, you know, the the like, like the the opening, the music for Green Hill or Emerald Hill? Because I like Tyler, like Emerald Hill's music more than Green Hill. It's mostly nostalgia for me because, again, Sonic Two is my first game, and that theme is permanently ingrained in my brain because we were bad at video games and we were always on that first level so mm. at least we had a good box to go yeah. with yeah I mean Green Hill's not bad it's the first one you know dude dude like when it, when it starts playing in Mania when that came out I was like fuck yeah let's go but like when I go back and play Sonic 2 on anything it's like I love Emerald Hill there's something about that little like and when they played it for the Sonic teaser trailer that little little melody at the end of it to show that it tails is in I was like fuck you. that's that's Emerald Hill I fucking lost that's, my shit that's it's Emerald sick. Hill um I love Emerald Hill uh but nothing beats Ghost Hill uh in Sonic Adventure 1 for Knuckles or 2 with the rap that shit's awesome Pumpkin, Pumpkin Hill, Hill. that was called Ghost Hill it's been a while um yeah it, it's clear that Sonic the Hedgehog has Despite being kissed by a woman, despite having games that are just super bad, you make it makes you wonder how is even how is this fucker still around? Um, despite that first movie trailer, that first <laughs> awful human teeth, human eyes, weird man baby of a, of a thing. We've meow we've gotten this <laughs> one like we're getting a Sonic cinematic universe now, where Knuckles is getting his own TV show. And Shadow may or may not be in Sonic Three. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. Shadow's gonna be in the post credit scene for Sonic Two. I'm calling it right now. That'd be pretty um, cool. Like it's 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 a or Metal Sonic or Metal Sonic. I'd prefer it to be Shadow because I hope Metal Sonic is in the second movie because well, I was gonna say Death Egg. I honestly think that Metal Sonic is gonna be in the second movie and Shadow is gonna be in the post credits, but it could be they save Metal yeah. Sonic. I don't know. I think we're done with Eggman though. Like I don't, I don't think Jim Carrey's going to come back, so they're going to have to move on to other villains. Probably, yeah. I'd imagine they probably do like chaos or something. Oh, like I said, um, either that. If all they show is a puddle of water at the end of it, I'm like, I'm just going to lose my shit. <laughs> I'm just going to like ah, I'll lose my shit. Like when I saw Tails at the end credits it's of like, the first what are you, movie. Like I'm not going to see it with anybody, but like the random ushers, like, what the fuck are you doing? The puddle of water, puddle of water. <laughs> it's like what is this Jurassic Park? I don't know if I can handle if I could handle like realistic CGI rouge. Oh, you're not ready. The world's not oh, ready. Oh boy, the world is not no. ready. I'm already sweating. <laughs> the rule thirty fours are strong. With the that world one. is not. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Besides, okay. Do you guys think we'll get Amy in at, a hint of Amy at all in Sonic Two, or do you think they'll save for Sonic Three? Because I love Amy. They'll save. It's it. possible. Amy's. Uh, like I. S- 
like I said before, if they're going to have a Metal Sonic, uh, Amy has to show up in some capacity, I would think. Because her introduction is intrinsically tied with Metal Sonic because they're introduced together in Sonic CD. So, I don't know. That's just my crackpot theory. I don't know. I mean, this is going to be controversial probably, but I don't know that they need to have her at all. That is controversial. Like, does she ever really have that, like, important role? She's always there! She's like... Like she's she's a fan she's sure. a fan favorite character. That's like well, Peach doesn't do anything. Should we have Peach there? That's basically what you're saying. Is she fan favorite? I don't Amy know if I is that a far. don't you no. Know, Amy is a fan favorite. She's in almost every game. She has a cameo in almost every game. She is definitely a fan favorite. She's more of a fan favorite than Metal Sonic. I'm telling you right now, hmm. people love Amy. Fan. Favorite Sonic character. Amy doesn't love Amy. Now we got another tier list to argue about. I mean, a tier. Yeah. That's actually probably a better I mean, tier, a tier list. Tier list, like what? Uh, what more beloved Sonic character? Like, as long as Vector the Alligator's at the bottom, that's all I care about. Um, Find the computer yeah, room. Vector the Alligator. Shh. <laughs> um, okay, this this random list I found has Amy at number nine or fifteen. Amy is a fan favorite. Uh, here we go. Top ten on Sonic fandom. She's That's been there since Sonic CD. Yet. Yeah, people love Amy. People would lose their shit for Wait. Amy. How is... Well, I think she's kind of all right. I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, again, it's like saying like, well, Pete, like Pete. Well, what if they remove Peach from the Mario movie? I'm like, Peach doesn't do shit. All she does in the Mario games is to get captured. Her personality comes from other shit. Same thing with Amy. All Amy does in the Sonic games is just pawn after Sonic. Oh, Sonic, you're my hero. But it's just one of those things like, yeah, I lo- Amy. Hey, hey, Amy, how's it going? People love Amy. Okay. Shadow's the number one. Everybody loves Shadow the Hedgehog. They don't like his games. Shadow the Hedgehog. People love Shadow, though. Um... This other list I found has Shadow at number five. And Rouge at number six, which is not okay. She should be higher. And Amy's not that's, on it. Amy, Amy, that's, She's not in the top weird. ten. That's that's a wrong list. Oof. But it also puts SBO on the list. And nobody's like, so I don't know. Yeah, that exactly. That yeah. that's like that, that list is I'm like for like that. hardcore Sonic fans. Like I'm talking about people our age who played Sonic <laughs> Adventure when the Dreamcast came out, which is a lot of people. Amy was there. They know Amy. Amy's gonna be a big deal. Put Amy in there. Too bad her gameplay sucks. Okay, here's another one with Amy at 9 and Rouge at 10. Okay, I still don't agree. <laughs> Amy's... Blaze the Cat at 6. I can, Blaze I can, is I can cool, but she's that. niche. She's like... like you ha- like you She's in an obscure game that most people didn't play. Okay. Amy's more popular, trust me. Still cooler than no, Amy. No, she's not. Amy's great. I will take Blaze over Amy if I'm no. going to be honest. Yeah. Because she's pretty much just a cat Sonic. How could you go wrong? I just want right. Amy. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't think they need I do. Amy. That's the point. I do. I, I want to see, see Sonic react to being chased over by Amy. I want to see that comedy sort of like, ah, get away from me. I want to I wanna see it. Um... Oh, you don't love me? You get the hammer. <laughs> exactly. I want to see that. Amy's great. Y'all suck. Uh, last comments <laughs> f- 
for Sonic the Hedgehog before we wrap it up. Emmy's not that great. Wow. <laughs> you don't even play the games! Tyler! Alright, what last, am I saying Last here? comments on Sonic the Hedgehog. Say Amy's not that great. Um, to me, Sonic is probably one of my favorite characters of all time. One of my favorite gaming franchises of all time. Um, I will stand by that uh, most of his games aren't great. I do have many critiques uh, over the years. Um, but I only critique because I care. This is a huge part of my life, and... I wouldn't be into video games without this character or this franchise. So, for that, I will always be grateful. So, shouts to Sega and Sonic Team for making an incredibly memorable and super cool character. Can we all agree that Big the Cat's the oh, worst? Oh yeah, though? for sure. Yes, great for sure. That 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 we all can agree. Nobody except for weird cat people like Big the Cat, and even then, I am a weird. You cat are people. not because you do not like Big the Cat, so you are not a weird cat person. I don't even think Big the Cat. Likes no, Big the cat. he hates oh, no. himself. What do you think he lives in the fucking middle of a fo- of, of a of a forest alone for? My life is pain, Froggy. <laughs> That's a pretty good big. That's uh, isn't that the guy? Isn't that Duke Nukem, right? That. That's that's John St. John, yes. Yeah, same guy. Voice acting, everybody! I'm here to kick ass and chew froggy, and I'm all out of froggy. I, I love Sonic the Hedgehog. Obviously, I grew up as a Sega kid, and even though I expressed uh, my love for other stuff, Sonic was always right there. And Sonic will always be there, and um, I, I'll never forget that. And I'm so excited that this blue piece of shit is gonna get a second movie. And I'm going to go see it, and I will shove every kid out of the way to get my seat. I already have my ticket pre-ordered <laughs> and my seat arranged, but, um, you know, like, if I, I swear to God, if I, look, if I hear a kid tell me, what are you doing here? You're too over. So I'm like, bitch, I was there when he was born. You don't get to say shit to me, kid. Um, I'm excited. I love Sonic. Uh, I will always, if I'm, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm probably going to play, and I want to move for a Sonic game, I'll probably play Sonic 2. Or Sonic Mania. Um, let us know what your favorite Sonic games are. Um, what your favorite Sonic piece of Sonic music. What's your favorite? What are your, what are your memories around Sonic the Hedgehog? Let us know. Uh, Justin, where can the people find your shit at? Uh, you can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, I stream on well, you know Monday nights for the podcast. And then uh, Thursday nights, um, doing whatever. Um, I'm trying to start a run of Metroid Prime Trilogy, uh, kind of making my own Metroid Prime Trilogy HD PC port. <laughs> um, but my uh, my co-commentator started a new job, so we're kind of figuring out scheduling there. Um, but I will be streaming on Thursday. And then, I, like I said, I mentioned I have a, a new video in the works. I'm trying to get back into that hashtag content grind. Um, And no, it is not the Metroid Dread retrospective, so I'm sorry. Um, It will come, just not this time. Uh, I want to get kind of a buffer ready for when I'm in Scotland so I can have a few videos come out while I'm gone. And then when I'm back, I'll be focusing on, you know, editing the vlogs and stuff from the trip. So um, I don't want to have to really think about other content while I'm gone and after getting back. Uh, so that's my goal right now. 
Tyler. Tyler. You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sThatTy. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tyre Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure, and probably Sonic in the near future. I also stream on twitch.tv slash tireshoes1, where I recently started a playthrough of Knuckles and Knuckles mode on Sonic Mania, which has been incredibly hilarious for reasons that you would expect. Uh, on the cinema shot side of things, um, I recently uh, recorded and edited the next episode for Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F, which features the resurrection of Lord Frieza, which is on my sock right now. Hey, hey make um, people pay for that. So yeah, uh, check it out when that drops, when the audio uh, version of this Gamescast drops on uh, Charshot.com. And you can find me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy for all things related to the marvelous one. Got some special Twitch announcements coming soon. This coming, if you're watching this live, this coming Saturday, April the 10th, which will already be live happening by the time this podcast is out. All me, uh, Tyler, Justin, Lo, and hopefully Thomas will all be playing Sonic Racing Transformed, uh, sort of my celebration of Sonic. Um, Sonic. You mean Sunday? Sunday, yeah, the the tenth, whatever. Sunday, Sunday, you said Saturday. Sunday. Um, Sunday, my bad. Um, uh, we play Sonic Racing Team Transform. Uh, look for that. Uh, and then of course, uh, Tyler and I will be facing each other in King of Fighters fifteen on April the twenty fourth. Um, and I will win. I don't think so, brother. You think you're going to talk so much smack into the King of Fighters you don't know? You're going to mess with me? You think your little Rock Howard's going to save you this time? No, because the sexy legs of Luong are no, going to be despised. You be quiet when the Macho Man is talking. Listen to me. Anyways, on the 24th, the Tyler will hook up with the Madness. He's going to understand why I'm still the champion over him in fighting games. Oh, yeah. But before that, on the 17th of April... Tyler and I will do a little exhibition, and we'll decide to see who is the true master against the CPU. Tyler and I will be co-streaming each other as we will be fighting against God Rugal himself, Omega Rugal. It'll be an Omega endurance Rugal, match yes. to see who can take down the most devious boss in all of fighting games. Oh, yeah. And then, Lo, I know he's not here anymore, he's not good tissue, but Lo, you wanted it? You're going to get it. April the 23rd, you and me, mano y mano, card for card. What's the fucking game called? Duel what? <laughs> Duel mas- Master Mastodon. Duel, Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm coming for that W, son. I don't care how. I will personally unplug your Ethernet cord to win. A DQ win is a DQ win. <laughs> I'm going to get that. I'm going to get wow. that bread, son. I'm gonna we're gonna face each other and it's gonna be great and I'm gonna win by sheer luck because I'm just gonna say I am going to whip this man into shape so he will get that W. <laughs> All right, uh, so so look at look forward to that a lot of lot of good stuff. So again, the 17th, me and Tyler exhibition we're gonna take on Omega Rugal uh, side by side. The next week I'm gonna be pounding Tyler's face in King of Fighters 15, and then the 23rd, me and Lo will be going one on one. In um, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. So a lot, a lot of good stuff as well. Of course, Final Fantasy VI is continuing. Strangers of Paradise may or may not be continuing. Um, I'm not sure yet, guys. Um, and of course, um, I said Final Fantasy VI. And of course, 
Thomas and I will be training up in Monster Hunter on Saturdays to get ready for the coming Sunbreak. Yes, we want to be in tip-top sheer condition by the time the game comes out. A lot of good stuff coming in the month of April. I'm super excited. Thank you all for coming out tonight. We will see you all next week for another char episode of Charge Gamescast. Gamescast. On the Marvelous Ziggy, and no matter what, guys. Oh, one more thing. I'm going to be in another episode of Side Quest. Uh, I'm going to be doing an episode on Street Fighter V since this is pretty much the last year. I'm going to give my sort of overall thoughts on the emotional impact that game has had on me and why it has made me a better fighting player. I don't know when that's coming out, but it's it's going to happen. I've already approached Matt about talk about it, so look for that. Look at our look at my Twitter feed to see when it'll be out. You will know because I will not shut up talking about it. That's going to do it, everybody. Thank you for joining us for tonight. Uh, we'll see you all next week for another episode of Charge Gamescast. Games Cast. I'm the Marvelous Ziggy, and no matter what, guys, stay charged. Keep going fast. Amy Rose is a total bitch. The internet confirms it. <laughs>